Uh, I got a nice Pinot Grige tonight. Okay, right on. Mm-hmm. What kind of beer do you have? I just finished off the last of I was drinking something called Einstock. Mm. An Icelandic white ale. Now I'm moving on to the Modellos that are in the fridge. All right. Yeah. Times you got enough? We'll find out. Well, indeed. <laughs> you ready to start the pod? Sure thing. This is going to be a four-hour podcast. Oh, boy. Hello, I'm Benjamin Light. And hello, I am Marco Sparks. Welcome back to Headcanon. This week on the pod, we are going to be talking about Terminator 2 colon judgment day this should be a fun one yeah uh before we get to that uh i guess we should do our our little media diet here what are you watching um i don't know if i'm really watching anything this last week i feel like it's been kind of a busy week so i haven't i like you know sat down to kind of watch uh you know my my office rewatch a little bit but i haven't absorbed a lot of new shows like i haven't seen the new sharp objects or anything yet so what about you I thought we could use this space to talk about Skyscraper, oh, which, fuck. which we both saw last week. Oh, man. Man, I, I do. I, it's been interesting just kind of, you know, taking the pulse of the online world. Mm. It feels like maybe people are starting to turn on the rock a little bit. It's mm. like, hey, rock. We know that uh, you put so much effort into like your brand and all that. But like, what if you made a movie that like, wasn't totally mediocre. What if you did that? What what if you had screenwriters? <laughs> I mean, we're going to be talking a little bit about one of the great action films of the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um who are the good directors now who The Rock should be working with? I'm not sure exactly. Like other than like that Pixar movie did, is the best director he worked with like Michael Bay? Maybe. I mean, I was just going to say, what is, here's a really loaded, shitty question. What's your favorite movie featuring The Rock? <laughs> I, I haven't seen Moana. Um, I myself am not a huge fan of the Fast and Furious movies, so I wouldn't include those. I guess it might be Pain and Gain. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jumanji was fine, but it was just like, it was so surface level. Like, I don't know, it just it just kind of like came and went. It was just like, eh, like that wasn't. It was not offensive, but it wasn't like, oh man, I gotta see that again. Which movie? Jumanji. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, Rock. Like, I feel like he could be our our next Arnold, but for whatever reason, he's just not. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why. Like, I don't know. It's like you read so much. It's like he's working out constantly, and he has these like crazy diets that he has to eat to like maintain his like insane physique and all that. And, He's Which is all, a problem, well, I think. You think that's a problem? Well, I, here's my thing. I think I mentioned this going into this movie. I was like, I don't really want to watch like a love scene between like this man and Nev Campbell. Like, I don't want to see a dude that that grossly jacked. And that was like, also thing with Schwarzenegger or. too, though. It's like him and like Sharon Stone. But you know, the same thing is, I never, I have never. Well, yeah, I mean, it was very weird in Total Recall, but like, I have never considered Schwarzenegger to be like sexual. He, it kind of, it's, it's 50, 50 with him. I feel like in his movies, whether or not he has a love interest, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like obviously in Terminary doesn't. Um, I don't know. I I don't think that's the problem with The Rock. I mean, Schwarzenegger made a whole career out of being ridiculously ripped. I feel like it's more The Rock is putting all this work into you know his brand and like you know his his social media presence, and it's like you always read like, oh, this guy he he's such a consummate pro. He like goes and does press in like fifty different countries to market his movies. It's like he's working so hard, but he's not like. I, focused on the part where it's like let's make a good movie i guess mm-hmm. like he's it seems like he tries too much just to kind of be like a bland clout crowd pleaser mm-hmm. that like his movies lack that genesis qua that makes them interesting i mean skyscraper i found the direction like the action scenes like really mediocre in this um i guess he tries to act a little bit it was nice to see nev campbell it was weird because she has her same sydney prescott haircut and i think might even be wearing like similar coloring like that kind of burgundy coloring. So it was just like, oh, it's Sydney. She's back. Uh, but she's this like, m- fuck, Ghostface has found me in the world's tallest skyscraper. Yeah, know, this oh, bizarre. it's just some, uh, it's just some like generic as fuck Euro trash terrorists. Uh, uh, the terrorists in this movie sucked, man. The, the bad guys, they were so lame. I mean, who were those dudes? They couldn't even spring for like a, a real character actor. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you've got you got completely wasted Noah Taylor, who's just like I think he literally twirls a mustache at one point. He's like, "Hi, I'm going to be revealed to be evil in half an hour." That guy is just off-brand Ben Mendelsohn in this movie. In this movie, yeah, but so is I feel like the fucking main baddie who's so lame. But yeah, Nev Campbell, they do that thing that I fucking hate, where it's like they want to give her action, they want to give her a fight. But the only person that'll actually let her fight is the only other like woman in the cast who's like some kind of Asian badass chick who's just Even there to fight. Asian Jeff Ruby Campbell. Rose, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like you know, you it's, everything is so telegraphed. You know, right from the beginning, like, oh, they just showed us this weird like digital hall of mirrors room. Like, obviously, this will be the set piece for the climax. You know, like, oh, there's the one female bad guy that will be the person who Nev Campbell gets to fight. You know, it's just it's so paint by numbers, I guess. What's like, why the fuck do <laughs> you go to the world's tallest building in the middle of like Hong Kong just for the fucking like holodeck lady from Shanghai esque, you know, ending? God, it's so fucking dumb. And it what's super bonkers is it's it's a writer director situation. Oh, I guess we're spoiling and, this movie, by the way. Whatever, it's yeah. not a spoilable movie. But I, this was a frustrating movie-going experience for me. Not because the movie is terrible. I mean, it's just lackluster. I didn't like. This wasn't like the worst movie I've it's ever. It's not seen. bad. It's just kind of like that was just the absolute baseline for movies. But honestly, you, know? you and I were enjoying it the most in our audience because like our I said, audience was getting a little chilly with us. I don't think they appreciated it. Yeah, the fucking dude next to me, the first dumbass thing that happens, and I'm like, <laughs> and this guy just looks at me like, oh, do you mind? And it's like, fuck you, asshole. This is an Oscar bait. Come on. Man. Oh, it's like this movie's not taking itself seriously. Come on, man. Yeah. And I felt like the I felt like The Rock really wasn't doing a whole lot of acting. They like it's another one of those things where it's like you've you've given this character a crutch that he has to deal with, which is that he like lost a leg. And like there's no real thing that he overcomes. Like even like in like Cliffhanger, it's about Stallone like working through a thing while also fighting off like well, Stallone's a little more of an actor though. I mean I I guess I keep thinking about The Rock and then like watching Arnold in this movie and like thinking about him in other movies and it's like it should all line up like it should all be there but for some reason I just feel like it hasn't worked out for The Rock. I think it's mostly just 
he isn't focused enough on like finding good filmmakers to work with. Yeah, I the th- Rock's problem is you're right. He should be Arnold, but like if Arnold could act, or if Arnold was a personality, or if Arnold didn't have like the seven other things that hold him back from really connecting on a human level. And the Rock just yeah, he's just not getting it done for some reason. I don't know if I were him. Like I don't know if he needs like a new manager or he needs to start like courting better directors or something. Cause like, you know, you figure he's, he's getting up there in his age. He can only be like super swole for so long. Like if he wants to, to make his cake, he should, he should work a little harder on the quality, I guess is my feeling. This movie cool. it's it's not a t- bad movie. It's just in- incredibly mediocre. Well, it's like also, you know, if you're listening at home, think to yourself, <clears throat> how many possible movies the rock might have starred in that were, and I'm not kind of like, like the, the fast and the furious movies, but like are one of those bad crass remakes or retools or reboots of a mm-hmm. previous movie or TV show or whatever. And write that number down and then like take a stroll through his filmography and be shocked that like, he's the guy that you just, you just pump into something lame to try to give it a different kind of life. Like this, the fucking Jumanji movies and exact point of that not that jumanji is super precious to me but like there's a fucking baywatch movie there's a witch mountain he, he says the yes a lot what Get i don't smart. understand is come on this is what i don't understand how has he not tried to get into the terminators franchise how has that not happened like is it is it something where maybe he doesn't want to like directly take on an arnold role maybe like that's like i don't know flying too close to the sun for him or something like it seems weird that like they keep making these awful Terminator movies. Like how they never tried to get the rock in one of them. My feeling when fucking don't fucking scum it up with like Vin Diesel and Tyrese and like walk down those tired paths. Like, you know, like, I don't know. Maybe Jason Statham is like the most fun of those movies. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I've seen like two and a half of them anyway, but he should call up like you're asking about directors. He should call up like the Wachowskis and just be like, Whatever the fuck you're doing, like literally anything, I'm at your disposal. If it's action, I pray to God it's action. Let me give it a shot. What do you got for me? Mm-hmm. Even the fucking, I don't know. I would, I would try to rebrand it something else. Not that I think he's great, but like, go find yourself like in a fucking like Tarantino movie. Try to get think... out of this rut. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That's tough. I don't know if Tarantino would be into that. I don't know if The Rock like is willing to to do the supporting role thing you know like he just like wants to make starring vehicles but i don't know skyscraper you're not missing anything uh what are you listening to uh nothing particular just downloading random songs as usual what about you uh just listen to some semi-sonic yeah mm-hmm. which uh which album uh their greatest hits album <laughs> very boring i know <laughs> That was their best album. <laughs> it's all about chemistry. I think, they, I think they really, uh, they really nailed it on that one. Mm-hmm. Really came together for them. Um, anyways, you read anything? Uh, I'm on a precipice of. I want to read something new. I want to read something that's like going to be fun and a little bit different than stuff I've read in the, the past few weeks. So I'm kind of torn. I'm either going to read uh, Naomi Novik's "Uprooted," or I'm going to read. I'm going to bite the bullet and read "Name of the Wind" by Patrick Rothfuss. Um, well, people are always trying to get me to read that guy. I uh, yeah, I just I keep hearing this is just like the fucking greatest thing of all time. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But I've also wanted to read the the Novik book for quite a while. And I know it just had like a sequel come out. So, yeah, 
I'm still just on the. Uh, the Told the boys I've loved before. Boys I loved before. Mm-hmm. It's fine. I just I've been busy doing other stuff. I mean, I suppose I've mostly just been reading my own stuff lately for revisions. Anyway, I think we've uh, exhausted <laughs> just that topic. Stuff. Yeah, just my own stuff. Shall we talk yeah. about Terminator Two Judgment Day? Can I just say real quick too, like whatever the show The Rock does called Ballers. Like that sounds super dumb to me. I don't know anything it's about. I, I click on like, Wikipedia here. It's just like Arliss for the 21st century. I click on Wikipedia here. If you had to guess, who is the fucking auteur that he might be working with on this? Um, I'd say it's like twenty five percent Peter Berg. There you go. There, nailed on the first just, try. Just uh, swallow that vomit right there, man. There's I. There's a whole other conversation that I don't want to have right now. But the, like the crypto conservatives in Hollywood. Peter Berg, definitely one of them. Like Wahlberg, they just like exist to make these kind of like, I don't know, shitty pandering movies. Anyway, I don't want to get into that right now. Let's talk about an awesome movie. Dun, 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 dun. Terminator 2. Uh, do you want to say anything about the first Terminator before we get into this? No. Um, so I, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see the first Terminator till after I saw Terminator 2. And I was just like, oh, it's like the less good one. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the, there's no kind of taste, whatever. Like this, this T2 is just better. Mm. I, don't, I don't know what kind of weird Terminator hipster you are to be like, Oh no, the first one's a good one. Dude. Does anybody like really take that stance? I'm sure there are people. Okay. Tweeted us. If that's your stance <laughs> or, don't. or don't. Yeah. Maybe you're the weird one. Who's like, no Terminator salvation. That's the good one. Ooh, boy. I've only seen, I think I've seen parts of the first Terminator, but I've really only seen T2 and ugh, Genesis. No, I'm sorry. I've seen Rise of the Machines. Oh, I've seen them all. Okay. Right on. Um, oh. We should we should have our, our, just our Terminator rundown in a bit, but uh, first you want to do opening statement? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> this is a movie in which a child character who's supposedly 10 years old says, we've got Skynet by the balls now, don't we? And it's like, you have to kind of love that. Uh, it's a chase movie. It's a survivalist horror movie. And like the way like, like zombie movies just a promise. Um, but this movie fucking like this shit breathes. This movie is just kind of a weird symphony of destruction as far as action movies. No action sequence is like rushed moments linger. They feel increasingly terrifying. Like this like nightmare, this predator keeps like coming after you. Um, this movie just feels so different than like everything else that came out of the nineties. I feel like there's a coldness to it. There's like a, a beautiful composure of like the, the oranges and blues at different times that Cameron uses, but there's a slickness here. It's not cornball. Um, it's not bonkers in the way like a lot of other bonkers are. It's the most violent movie to ever like hardcore preach nonviolence. Um, it's the fucking Hiroshima Monomore crazy gun, nut robot apocalypse movie. And then on top of it, you have just this fun, weird, story of robots who pass as humans and so there's like this weird playing of like what the human form can look like and fucking with the shape of it and people with like no half their faces missing like the theory of the abject like meets the what is it the Novikov self-consistency principle and I just love it because you got weird sci-fi and like uh, time travel and this movie is just fun and everyone is at their best in this it's it's the best Arnold performance since maybe Kindergarten Cop Edward Furlong will always chase this high like a dragon um and i com- completely forgot rewatching this that linda hamilton is just fucking amazing at these like hard-boiled voiceover monologues like she's fucking mike hammer or something so this was a fun weird treat to watch we watched the extended cut which is like two and a half days long 
but goddamn, it was it was fun. I enjoyed it. So over to you. All right. Well, um, yeah, they they just don't make them like they used to. I spent a large percentage of this uh, time rewatching this movie, just thinking like, what is it about these old action movies that makes them so much more entertaining than the current crap that we get now? Like, was the difference just cocaine? I don't know. Uh, I guess it's just it's like this combo of having these talented technical directors working in these just like schlock genres. You've got an R rating. You've got screenwriters that aren't really concerned about that kind of four quadrant storytelling. Uh, this movie is just it's a masterpiece of violence. And yet somehow it's like so much less violent, I feel like, than what you get in a lot of R rated movies these days. Um, I think James Cameron approaches material with a maximum amount of seriousness without ever veering into like grim dark territory. Uh, this is for my money one of the best best action movies ever made and it still manages to be occasionally thoughtful about you know the nature of humanity sentience all that um, might be arnold's best movie i know there are there are stands out there for the predator or maybe commando ironically speaking but i don't know i feel like this might be his best movie yeah i think we'll probably do commando at some point on the podcast down oh, the line man. Yeah, somehow this is turning into like our like action movie summer podcast or something because we're doing Mission Impossible the next few weeks. So there you go. I think that was kind of intentional. I think we talked about that off air last week. We're like after the fact, yeah. Some big dumb action movies, yeah. All right. Well, uh, you have any top moments? I have a whole bunch. How many do you want to do? Uh, I mean, I could stretch it to eight or nine. I will. I will start with my number nine then. All right. I have like 13. <laughs> um, Cause I just kept fucking writing them down. Uh, so my number nine is just this moment when Sarah Connor's like chilling in Mexico with, uh, with the Terminator and with her son, they're getting some fucking guns or this crazy mission. They're going to go on. And she looks over at one point and sees this robot death machine from the future, like being taught how to high five with her son. And she has this utterly gonzo monologue. Um, about how he'd be the perfect father. Yeah, which it's like, it's just like, you've kind of gotten a little bit previous in the movie from John Connor about like the fucking weird losers that his mom's been like shacking up with over the years to like learn survivalist shit from. And then you get this voiceover and you're like, this is fucking bleak, <laughs> weird. Uh, I mean, she's clearly like, she's, it's fascinating how unhinged she is compared to like what little I've remember of her character from the first one so yeah it's absolutely my number nine moment. okay so yeah i mean i i suppose i'll make that my nine as well because my eight was kind of two um yeah just her thinking about the terminator and how he'd be a perfect father for john i mean that's like there's a whole susan flutie book you could write there on like what that says mm-hmm. about masculinity you know, it's like mm-hmm. you just remove all the emotion and toxic masculinity and this man is very useful mm-hmm um, but yeah, her character is kind of fascinating. Like you consider like she no bullshit, like a robot from the future came to murder her and she knows and this apocalypse is coming unless her son grows up to like lead humanity. And so like, what do you do then? Like you just, you can't just keep living a normal life. You have to go like seek out like crazed revolutionaries and like learn how to hotwire cars and like shoot AKs and all kinds of shit. Mm hmm. Well, and and while also let's meta about the mo- about the rest of the movie, while also dealing with the usual fucking scum of the world who don't believe you, who think you're crazy, and who lick you when oh, <laughs> you're asleep. Oh, that's such a fucking creepy moment. 
That guy reminds me of somebody we know who works yeah. in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I know what you mean. We do? Okay, good. I was wondering. I was like, I We won't say I know what you mean. Thinks the same thing. All right. My number eight is, um, so it's a little moment. So when they get to the steel plant, uh, or they're getting to the steel plant, they're in their little truck. The T-1000's right on their ass. It's like big liquid nitrogen semi-tanker. The Terminator's lost his grenade launcher, so he just jumps off the back onto yes. the truck, onto the semi. He's blasting through the window at the uh, T-1000 with the AR-15 or whatever the fucking gun is. And there's just this great moment where he just reaches into this broken windshield grabs the wheel of the tanker turns it so sharply that the semi flips on its side and he's just so chill about it. He's, like, he's like surfing this fucking <laughs> crashed mac truck god it's, it's so, like this it's is so the movie fucking cool yeah i mean is it is it just the fact that they're doing most of this like practical and with models that it looks more impressive than cgi stuff now i don't know the There's- only I said like, the only thing that looks bad is there's certain action sequence where it's like I don't think they're even trying to hide that these are stunt doubles <laughs> yeah. at all. So my number eight, it's a moment. I think it's like when they're getting gas and like John Connor is like standing next to Terminator and he's like watching these like kids like like play with these fake guns and like pretend to shoot each other. Mm-hmm. And it's just like we're not going to make it, are we? The Terminator is just like it is in your nature to self destruct or something like that, you know. It's just, I don't know, it's hilarious, kind of like a, just a little philosophical meandering on the, the nature of humanity there from the Terminator. Well, like, it makes me wonder, too, like, could the fucking Terminators also tell you, like, the best of Dickens and, like, you know, <laughs> like talk about all these other things of whatever they've got stored in their memory banks? I have detailed um, files. By the way, I cannot do an Arnold accent at all, and I am going to be butchering it for the next two hours, so enjoy that. Nice. Keep drinking. Uh, my number seven might get is, better if I do. Yeah, there you go. After, just, have you thought about doing Toby and just uh, tweaking that? Ah, give me a Terminator line. Um, I know now why you cry. Let me start. I set you up. Mm-hmm. Uh, say we're looking over this like you know lava goo pit, and mm-hmm. I say, "Is he dead?" Terminated. Uh, my number seven is after Sarah Connor has brought this utter fucking chaos into the Dyson home. So John and the Terminator show up and like uh, the Terminator's like he's like showing the wife how to put pressure on Miles' wound to stop the bleeding. And they're just like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and John whips out this pocket knife and is like, show them. <laughs> and like, he, like the, John, like leads the little kid away. Like, he's like, hey, little him? buddy, come with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then the Terminator just cuts off like the arm skin to show, like rips his own arm off to show them like. They're like endoskeleton underneath. And he's like, listen to me very carefully. I feel like in a different movie, Dyson's wife would have just fainted at that part, but she doesn't. It's like they just keep her totally conscious and fucking terrified the whole time. Yes. <laughs> All right. Where are we at? Number seven. Yeah. Uh, Xander Berkeley, Todd getting his skull <laughs> split by the T-1000. Just the way she casually switches their hands at the phone and off screen. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, just that, that whole bit too. the, there's, I don't know. There's like an intelligence, even in this like stupid robot killer movie where it's you know, it's like, what's your dog's name? Max. Hey mom, how's Woofy? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's very smart the way they kind of uh, feel each other out like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is when, because he's called them over, these fucking gym rats in LA come over to help John. 
But he's just learned some new info about his pet Terminator. So once these guys are over there, he's like, step off, bozo. And then one guy <laughs> who looks like a super jacked, uh, what's his name? Rudy? Uh, fuck. Sean Astin? Sean Astin. looks like a super jacked Sean Astin mm. off a of mullet. Thank it's you. like, fuck you, you little dipshit. And like John is like ready to have some fun of this. And he's like, did you call moi a dipshit? And Arnold is just about to fuck them up. <laughs> it's like, now who's the jock dipshit, you jock douchebag? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Great moment. Uh, number six, I almost feel like this should be higher. Um, Sir Connor's nuclear holocaust dream. Yeah. I mean, fuck. I feel like this movie kind of is like burned into my brain is like when I think about the theoretical like nuclear holocaust, I think of this movie every time. Mm-hmm. It's like this is what I imagine it looks like. Yeah. Those little like the way they all like crouch down and like, you know, try to cover themselves and they just like melt and catch fire and get blown away into dust. Yeah, it's fucking hardcore. So there's the longer one, which is fantastic. I'm actually gonna put the uh the one that's over the credit sequence. It was like the more truncated one. It's my number five. Just the copious shots of the playgrounds on fire. I mean, that's the fucking stuff. And then in this credit sequence at the beginning of the movie. Out of the fire, we just get these like stone cold bedroom dun, dun, eyes dun, 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 of dun. the metal Terminator. Dun, 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 and, dun, dun. and I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't normally praise a movie for being this, or most movies don't achieve it, but bitching, mm-hmm. real bitching. <laughs> uh, and I think like it gets like a mega expanded upon throughout the movie, but yeah, later on they really play on that sequence, and you really see her nightmare. Mm-hmm. So that was your number six. That's my number five, actually. That's number five. Okay, my number five is when they're stealing money from the ATM. Just because it's such a, like, I don't know. Like, when I was, you know, I was, I was basically John Connor's age when this movie came out, like, give or take a few years. And it's like, that. what he does is exactly the thing I would do if it was, like, purge rules or something for me as, like, a 10-year-old. It's like, yes, I would steal money and go to an arcade. That's what I would do. Hmm. Did you have like a little redheaded mullet friend? I mean, to some extent, yeah, I think I did. No Word. mullet, not not exactly a mullet, but yeah, I had the redheaded friend. He's not quite in my top moments, but I got to say that kid. You know, I was like, oh, look at this little douchebag. But like, he's a he's a little ride or die for John when he mm-hmm. runs into the cops. He's like, yeah, man, I haven't seen him. <laughs> he's like, by the way, John, there's a fucking cop looking for you. He's fucking smooth too. He's like, yeah, no, man. Yeah, I was like fucking. I completely forgot about. It. I was like fucking amazed. I was like, holy and shit! And then later on, he's like, "Hey, I think I saw that guy you're looking for." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so my number four, uh, it's you know, they have crashed into one of those factories that sure it says steel plant on the side, but they really just manufacture sparks. Mm-hmm. There's like liquid nitrogen spilling everywhere on this truck. It's like washing all over the T1000. It's slowly freezing. He keeps doing his like stone cold, like slow badass walk at them. As he's like freezing, and then the body horrors. One of his own feet breaks off, and he yeah. keeps moving to more and more of himself breaking. And then he finally like registers shock before the Terminator finally owns up to like, "I need catchphrases, hasta la vista, baby," and shoots him and like shatters him to tons of pieces. Can I just say there's something about the way Ar- the way Arnold uses guns in this movie that, for lack of a better word, and I don't mean to glorify the gun violence but it's just fucking cool like there's something about the way he handles and uses guns that like i don't know it's his his physical acting is incredible he doesn't get enough credit for it like this is i think his masterpiece performance wise Mm -hmm. uh 
number four kind of related to that is just as I don't know if this counts as a moment, but just every time the Terminator recocks that shotgun by like mm-hmm. doing that weird spin around thing. Yeah. That's gotta be like in the top 10, like kind of coolest action moves in the history of cinema. It is mm-hmm. so goddamn cool. Like, I don't know what else I'd put up there. Maybe like the way Kylo Ren ignites his lightsaber would be in that pantheon as well. But like the way mm-hmm. he fucking spins that gun around and cocks it and like shoots, you know, like shoots the locks off the, uh, the fences he's driving through or whatever. It's so goddamn cool. And that's the thing that's, that's kind of, I mean, I don't want to go on a whole like rant about movies. It's the thing that's kind of dangerous about this. Cause I watched this movie as, as a kid mm-hmm. and I was like, this is fucking cool. And I, and I wasn't like, it didn't make me want to go out and get a gun or become a gun nut or any of that stuff. I don't know much about guns. I don't even know to this day you can actually cock a gun. I don't like think that. you can do that. This is the thing. I don't think that's yeah. the way guns work. I was going to say that, but I was like, shit, somebody's going to tweet at me like, actually, yeah. as a gun you know, fanatic, oh, you can or whatever. But like later on, I realized how dangerous it was for me to like kind of glorify how cool it was with the guns in this movie. And I was like, no, this is actually kind of a terrible thing to like. We shouldn't be adoring how cool this is, but it is like the way they do it. It's just, this is the church of action movies here mm-hmm. and uses our high weird priest. Um, well, this is, this is when action movies really weren't really concerned about what they were doing at all. Yeah. You know, there was no sensitivity to this or that. They're just going to go make an action movie and fuck it. Well, even though this movie has this message, which is like, mm-hmm. yeah. have you just seen it's your a, own fucking message movie? of anti-violence? Yeah. <laughs> Um, it is in your nature to self-destruct. My number three moment, because uh, uh, it's just so cool. It's towards the beginning of the movie when we're in the future, in the dark, crazy, post-apocalyptic future. And it's 100% when we see this robot just immediately stomping down on a human skull while it's looking around for more humans to oh, butcher. The first time I saw this movie, too, that that's a jump scare right there. That's like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah. And like now, these robots look ridiculous but like the fact that they make them so skeleton like is brilliant i think i feel like it works because they're they they're stiff i think the stiffness works in the movie's favor it would if they were super fluid you know like like an irobot how the robots there just like look like they're obviously not real you know like Mm -hmm. i I think it, it makes it feel more tactile and real that these robots are stiff and kind of uh clunky as they move around you wouldn't think that these robots could move as well as they, as you see like Arnold move, honestly. But yeah, like I, but because you have this kind of like skeletal face, it's got just this kind of macabre smirk about mm-hmm. it as it's like just blasting well, it's got a, of like G.I. Joe laser guns. It's got like a death's head grin, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, number three, just a classic moment. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle that sequence there that dude who like he looks like he's kind of like donald sutherland but he's not the biker um just all the reactions to him as he walks into the bar the one waitress he's walking by is like oh yeah great sequence uh i actually like i said i had 13 we started at nine mm-hmm. so i don't know about our number two i feel like our number one might be the same but my number two Sarah Connor is on the verge of escaping the mental hospital, and then the elevator doors open. Dun 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 dun. Oh, I don't even There's have the, that. I should though. There's the fucking Terminator, and she's she's gone from this kind of like unrelenting badass to this, escaping this mental hospital, and she just crumbles at the mm-hmm. sight of this monster because you know she has a lot of baggage built up for her. So she runs away, despite the fact that like her son is clearly there with him, calling out for her. Um, well, she doesn't see the, him. 
she's like she starts just, running away before he she's, comes out. She's just panicking. She's mm. just uh, um, PTSDing away. And then at some point, you know, like the Terminator saves her from the doctor and the orderlies and offers her his hand. And you get the come with me if you want to live. And you're just like, fuck. <laughs> this movie just does a great job of like with like every other scene. It just it's basically taking you by the hand and like come with me if you want to live in an awesome action movie. Well, the way that James Cameron shoots the Terminator pretty much constantly, it's always these angled shots to make him seem larger than life and just kind of like intimidating. Like it's, it's a real attention to detail with the shot selection. Like this is a real movie, you know, this isn't like the kind of shit you get now where it's just like, Oh, let's just throw the camera all in place. Let me squeeze enough, uh, squeeze enough a two a it's 45 seconds later. The T 1000 shows up immediately and he morphs through these bars coming after them. But like, he's holding the gun sideways. So it doesn't come at first. And he's like, huh? Oh (laughs) yeah. Uh, my number two, you had yours much lower, but uh, I just find this movie, this uh, scene hilarious. It's just when John learns that the Terminator will obey his commands and starts ordering him around, and those two guys come up. It's just, and the one guy who's just like, hey, wait a minute. Fuck you, you little dipshit. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, put your foot down, put your foot down. Yeah. Uh, and the way the Terminator's like about to fucking shoot this guy in the head until he stops him, just like <laughs> casually pulling his gun out. It Point point at the guy's head. <laughs> There's something. The violence is so much more brutal, even with like the, the like non-lethal ways. He mm-hmm. does. Like when he's taking out all the fucking kneecaps later in that one room. Well, like when he, uh, when they're breaking into the hospital, and he's like gets out of the car. He's just got this gun tucked into his waistband there. You know, and he's like mm-hmm. reaches for it, shoots the guy in the kneecaps. He's so yeah. casual about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. My number one, of course, is the Terminator's goodbye. Uh, he takes the chill way out. <laughs> we totally do goo. have the same number one. Of course. He takes the chill way out into the hot goo, unlike Anakin Skywalker. I know now uh, why you cry. But well, that's something I can act, never do. His last act is to throw up the thumbs up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just like, I feel like like America, just like, yay America at that scene. You know, like somehow that was a patriotic moment. Like, I'm surprised I didn't hear, like, a bald eagle screeching mm-hmm. in the distance on the soundtrack. <laughs> I cannot self-terminate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, love that scene. Um, gotta love this movie. All right, uh, any complaints? Um, so, at the beginning of the movie, I've always been kind of curious going, going into this. Like, are we supposed to are they really going for a thing? And I know because of the trailers and the special effects and all this stuff and like the talking about the movie before I saw it, I knew what was what. But is the movie kind of really going for the thing where like the T-1000 might be the good guy? I think you're not supposed to know which one the bad one is. I, the trailer ruined this entirely. That yeah. is one of my complaints is that the trailer gives the twist away about who the bad guy is. I mean, I it's hard to say like the only time I'd seen Robert Patrick before this movie he was like a minor henchman bad guy in Die Hard 2. So I probably would have assumed he was a bad guy anyway. But I don't know. Like if you had no idea anything at all about Terminators, you just watch the first movie and then this movie. Would you be shocked or would you have guessed it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he seems super like sketchy and weird. Important. He's got he's got villain cheekbones. Well, they, they, yeah, he's got some villain cheekbones. They do a good job of kind of hiding his like murder a little bit like it just it looks like he just punches the one cop in the stomach 
you know mm. so you don't really know what he did until later you realize what, he just like stabbed him and then like when he goes to the parents and he's like doing his whole aw shucks routine he's like no i'm sure that's not gonna be a problem or whatever he says you know no. you two have yourselves a good day yeah um because yeah like the uh the meeting of those two and John Connor in the hallway in the mall is like my like number twelve. Oh yeah, well, I mean, moment. the uh, the roses falling and stepping over them in slow motion. Yeah. As he cocks the shotgun. Yeah, yeah. get down. Is, it's fascinating because it's such a great like preamble to when when Sarah will run into him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I I don't know if it's really a complaint. It's like this movie is seventy percent action sequences. <laughs> That is not a complaint to me. Um, and I don't really think it was a complaint, but like just, of course, the fucking timeline of the Terminator universe is just a fucking sh- shitstorm. D- don't think <laughs> about the future movies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it's really a complaint, but just like every time I watch these movies, I'm like, man, poor Miles Dyson. That dude took it rough. Yeah. Like he finds out his whole career is enabling the destruction of humanity and then he just fucking dies shot he's basically like friendly fire you know almost yeah for the most part yeah uh only other complaint would just be specifically towards this extended cut nearly all the added scenes are terrible so what are the added scenes we'll 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 walk through them but there's like there's one where they're reprogramming the terminator that's good and the rest are awful okay um anyway general discussion before we jump into it, I'm just curious, when did you first see this movie? So I don't remember the exact age. This is my this, this is my little story here. Like uh my, so when, for for a couple of years when I was a kid, my dad was a travel agent. And so like we weren't, you know, I'm not a little rich boy, but like he was pretty good about finding, like, okay, we're gonna go on one vacation a year, you know, somewhere. Um, and sometimes it would be cruises because that's like such an easy vacation mm-hmm. for, you know, your suburban family. And uh I remember whatever this cruise ship was, you know, you're on the cruise ship for a week. They had a movie theater and they had a couple of like newer or new movies, including Terminator 2, which they were showing. Like they had like four movies and they were showing it like nine times a day Mm. or whatever. I must have seen this movie or seen it in parts (laughs) like 12 times over the course of a week. I've just let myself in because they weren't really checking. They weren't really doing like age stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like oh hey whatever kids an action movie there's Terminators and robots and whatever you'll love it and I, I yeah I must have seen this movie like a bunch in a frenzy uh, over the course of that week yeah my experience was way different from yours I was not allowed to see this movie when it came out in theaters I remember my dad I feel like he was like slightly traumatized by the nuclear scenes in it uh, mm. I can remember reading like the local paper the way they'd like print the movie reviews they had like a thing where you just saw like the star rankings for everything and it got like two out of four stars and i just instinctively knew that that was bullshit you know i was like no way that movie looks fucking awesome Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think i saw it until you know predictably you had like the one friend who was allowed to watch r-rated movies so everybody goes to his house and we watch it and it was just like oh my god that was the greatest movie ever made yeah and then i've seen it like very sparingly like since then i think the last time i watched this was probably with you four or five years ago yeah right hard for this movie i like yeah you were you were like i feel like putting on a relaxing feature for the evening how about terminator 2 judgment day as i you know caress my brandy sifter here Mm -hmm. um 
you know, just the way this movie starts, the first shot is this really weird flat angle shot of traffic in LA, which I always mm-hmm. found fascinating. It's this sort of, I don't know, it almost seems like there's some sort of parallel being drawn between the kind of smoggy LA traffic and nuclear Holocaust to me. Well, and somewhere it ties into just the, the recurring metaphor of like going down this road that we, we don't really know where we're going or we do it's at night and we're kind of weaving it back and forth on the road. Um, well, it's, I don't know. Would it be fair to call this a cynical movie? I think it'd be fair to say that. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's it's showing us humanity, but not really in a loving way at first. You know, it's like traffic, people walking, children on swings. But it's not, I don't know, It's you don't really ever see anyone's face. Everyone's kind of turned away and -hmm. then just like, you know, fade to white and then wreckage. Mm -hmm. Los Angeles 2029. I remember like when August 29th, 1997 happened. That was like a milestone in my life. I was like, oh. It's Judgment Day. Were you ready? Mm-hmm. You're like, I've got two extra packs of toilet paper. I'm ready, I'm ready for anything. Let's get fucking weird. I feel <laughs> the like fucking... the. Sorry, go uh, I was like, that's the fucking futuristic battle. It's like I can't believe this war is waged so long. I feel like this is exactly the right amount of future war that we mm-hmm. ever need in any Terminator yeah. series. Like we just, this is enough. He gave us a little taste. You get old John Connor. This is definitely the best old John Connor of any of the movies they've done. He doesn't say anything that that helps. Yeah. Well, like, okay. I, again, I have not seen Salvation. That movie looks dumb to it's me. Like, stupid. how should that movie should at least end? I mean, it should be like a fucking prequel then to like him sending Kyle back, and it's not right. I don't believe so. It's I. I'm trying to remember if Kyle Reese is, is in it or not. Where, I don't think is he there is. There's something where like he gets like a Terminator heart or something. It, it's like there's some sort of bio Terminator or something or other. I don't know. It's weird, but he gets his, Connor gets his heart at the end. It's it's a dumb movie. You shouldn't watch it. It's a McG movie. I'm pretty sure. Oof. Um, but yeah, these these shots of just like playgrounds and nuclear fire. You know, some music plays. Like this movie is fucking grim right off the bat. But it's not. It's I don't know. There's something that d- divides this from like your Zack Snyder movies. Like this movie isn't just like oh my god, isn't this cool that there's a nuclear holocaust? Like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of mature about it. It's like yeah, man, this would be fucking terrifying. You know, like it's it's not obsessed with cool. It just is cool. You know. Mm-hmm. What well, is it's it's there is buried in there like uh, no, this is not cool. Like you should try to change this. Mm-hmm. Um, before robot terminators come back, <laughs> um, this is this 1991 movie kind of the forerunner to like the the wub dubs that get overplayed in soundtracks now. Um, uh, that was all Inception, right? But I mean, like you're getting a little bit here towards the first half of this movie, or, or like like proto Ur yeah, wub dubs. There's some proto Hans Zimmer probably here. And like maybe because we we joke about the main score, dun 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 dun, dun, dun you know. But like towards the end, like there's in the second half, there's some like keyboard work that I think is kind of just '90s bad. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't really care for the soundtrack in the second half of the movie, but there's some like you know stuff that's happening in the front. I'm like, oh, this is actually isn't bad, and it's also 1991. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So right before Judgment Day, we get to Los Angeles. 
2029. I just, I love seeing the fucking skeleton in the driver's seat of a burned out car. It's like you and your rat race, buddy. Where yeah, do you I know. go? Nowhere. It's, it's such a stark image. But yeah. Future war. And then um, back to LA. Well, the, the, when we meet John Connor, like old John Connor, you're going down this narrow hallway, like, like to the observation post. It just seems like a bad place for workflow to have all these like workstations with people where half of your job at that computer is saying, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. And then like scratching. Oh, like, so someone can rush past you. The whole purpose of this future war is that you should never think about it very much. You should yeah. never try to understand the logistics of a war against Skynet or sending back two Terminators and two protect. like, just don't think about that much. That's just the setup for the movie. Stop thinking about it. Let's get on to the next scene. Yeah, and I, I love that old John Connor. He has this like, very severe face, but really he's just a petite man with a lot of scars. So <laughs> like he's not getting jacked. Did your version have like the, the alternate John Connor at the very end? Uh no. Oh man, it's oh I can't wait to get to that part. I'll I'll we'll bring what that up the later. Fuck did you end up watching? I got like something on iTunes called Extended Cut. I don't know where I found this. I already had it downloaded. Um, it's got it's got some fucking Star Trek shit at the end. It's like you're expecting Guinan to walk up. Like it is wild. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Commander Data, <laughs> we killed some of your kind today. Uh, yeah, but there's a great fucking voiceover setup to this whole movie, which is Sarah Connor lets us know two Terminators have been sent back. One's good, one's evil. It was just a question of which one would reach him first. And I'm just like, fuck yeah, we've got a movie here. Well, it's, that's it. It's like, there you go. There's the concept, yeah. and we're yeah. off. Uh, and then uh, we've got the Terminator and then we get all kinds of shots in LA. Of the playgrounds on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, walking through the bar. Everyone's having a look. I mean, I, I guess we can only assume that the uh, T-800 model is packing a tripod. Yeah, I mean, people, he struts in, this nude Austrian bodybuilder. People are making the rawest fuck-me eyes. Do you think he's fully functional? Like, would a Terminator ever really need to do that in the course of their job? I really wonder. It's like a Terminator honeypot. Like, I don't don't, want to get into, like, a whole, like, like, the... Hey, you're, you're cut, you by you, you just cut out, sorry you just cut out there what was that i want to get like the like the cheap porno version where it's just like i will terminate you by fucking you to death but i could see like for the covert nature of some of the missions though how many times are they outfitting them with like flashbacks i th- oh, i think and i i'm sure there's like a terminator wiki somewhere that will correct me or, or not but i think that the the exoskeleton or endoskeleton ones, or whatever, just the the metal skeleton ones you see mm-hmm. in, at the beginning. I think those are different from from Arnold, like the T eight hundred. I think those are just like these like foot soldier models, and that he's like of a higher class, with like more advanced uh, CPU or whatever. Hmm. Like I, I think he is more capable than the the non skin jobs. And I, I want to say in Terminator 1, there are even an earlier model before the T-800, which, like, their skin was just rubbery, and it didn't really, like, it wasn't very convincing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. he's the the kind of advanced model, or at least he was, for his time. Okay. 
Yeah. So the bar, uh, I, he's got to have something because he, people walk in and they're just like, Ooh, it, almost all of them immediately just shoot their eyeballs, like right at his dick. Right. I think we can only assume. Yeah. It is so, interesting. So it, Sorry, God. I was like, but it's, it's not like they then look at his dick and they're like, Oh my God, well, <laughs> you're totally like a Ken doll or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they're presumably like they're expecting, they're seeing what they're expecting. Yeah. It's interesting the way like you get the guy tries to put out the cigar in his chest and he like doesn't react. I think somebody breaks like a pool cue over his head. He doesn't get shot here. Like the guy can't get the gun off where he grabs it away. Like they they're careful about like saving their moments for like showing how tough he is, you know? Mm. Uh, I did like the sort of like weird ethics of this biker bar where it's like can't let you make, take the man's wheels, you know, like it's okay that you came in here and beat the shit out of this guy and stole his clothes. Like, uh, that's, I don't know, in the social exchange or whatever, we're willing to tolerate that, but I can't let you take the man's wheels. That's, that's yeah. just going too far. I just, I was just like rewatching this this time. I was just overcome. Just like, what a weird sexual move this would be. Like, just like, sup, I'm in totally great shape. I'm just going to walk around nude. Sup, <laughs> everybody. Check this out. Um, and then just like, LOL, Fucking compare the guy that he takes the clothes from to Arnold. I know. I guess he's tall. Don't even really fit him, you know. Oh, the guy. The guy is tall. The dude he takes it from. I think that's like the main thing there. Yeah, but I love these these biker guys are fucking gross garbage people. But like gross in a way that still involves like lots of lots of shit goes into their hair, like Mm -hmm. a lot of these perms. Um, But the one dude gets thrown outside. Like with one move, and the other guy gets thrown in the kitchen. And he lands on the grill. That part I always forget about, and it cracks me up. And you get the joke of like the bad to the bone, and the glasses. Yeah, takes the shotgun and the glasses. Yeah. Well, and like somehow that uh, Harley he gets on has like this perfect little carrying spot for a shotgun, and, and he just kind of tucks it back in there. I mean, I'm not a hog guy, but like, is that a fucking <laughs> feature that comes regular with the Harleys? Well, just look at the way yeah, he just, sh- look at the way he shot, like falling his feet down the stairs, and it like pans up, you know, staring like way up at him. Like that's just the way he's going to be framed through this whole movie. It's, he always looks so intimidating. Yeah. Well, like like you said, the ethics of it all, but also just, hey, barkeep, how dumb are you? This this he just threw this guy through a window. Well, I guess nobody had gotten a shot off. No, a nobody had gotten a shot off on this guy yet. So maybe you're thinking he's still human at this point. You know, he's just tough. Yeah. Um, just, but just in general, I think it's not a hard and fast rule, but I don't feel a lot of loyalty to anybody whose primary fashion. This is like 90% leather. Mm. Uh, and just, just it's, it's a, he's a robot and yet he's still, it's, it's a movie. So he's like, I'm going to take your sunglasses. Yeah. Well, he's got a little bit of personality, even though he's a robot. I mean, yeah. I feel like we kind of slow, see this kind of, I don't know if sentience is the right word, but maybe personality kind of uh, manifests itself in the Terminator yeah. over the course of the movie, especially after they switch him off a of read-only mode. Yeah. Um, so you meet John Connor, who's a little shit. Um, well, first you get the, the T-1000 showing up and immediately oh, right, getting yeah. the cop computer and searching for him, yeah. There's really nice. It, the movie flows in the transitions, like kind of went from one scene to the next. You know, searching for John Connor and then Edward Furlong with his like cool guy hair that he flips back. He's like making the little dirt bike rev so he doesn't have to listen to his mom. 
His foster mom, yeah. While he's <laughs> blasting his GNR, yeah. Oh yeah, some you could be mine here. This is a great music video for that, by the way. Oh, and this this kid's just like your foster parents are kind of dicks, aren't they? Because <laughs> she's like, hey, you need to clean your room. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them. Well, so, yeah. See, so the foster mom who I was kind of like touched upon, like how she's like basically lo-fi Sarah Connor looking, um, and of course the fantastic, the always fantastic Xander Berkeley as Todd. Just this uh, kind of like white trash layabout. Yeah, they should not be collecting a check to raise a child together because they clearly despise each other. Todd definitely has like some sort of like pocket knife holster on his belt. If Todd, if Todd had lived, he would 100% be like a guy who has like a, a plastic phone holster on his belt, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, 20 years later. <laughs> She's not my mom, Todd. Yeah. yeah. Hey, John, get your ass inside and do what your mother tells you. the way he just like, player. he like, uh, furlong here you know john connor like brats off to him and they like drive away like waving their fucking boombox like they're badasses and he just yeah. kind of stands there and smokes like ah fuck it you know like yeah it's like there's so much communicated in that like small gesture of like okay i kind of get this relationship here this yeah. guy doesn't really give a shit the great xander berkeley um yeah then we we meet dr silverman uh in the mental hospital pescadero uh this guy just loves being the fucking cock of the walk, like like taking the other doctors around, like showing them the patients, showing him the acute schizoid wacko that our, our lovable Sarah Connor is. I love how many uh, people are in this shot. Like there's a lot of people in this hallway. Like the one mental patient like tries to like get away and like she kind of gets grabbed by the guard and there's all these people walking around. Like, I don't know. It's just it's impressive. The kind of technical level that these shots are doing like they're not it's not just the doctor and like two people in an empty hallway you know like they're willing to make this look like it's a really a, a lived-in environment well there's there's just some interesting touches here i mean so he's like telling the story like the terminator who looks human came back in time to kill her and the one chick is just like that's original well um, this is intercut with linda hamilton doing these like chin-ups on her like up in a bed and we yeah. haven't seen her yet but we can already tell she's fucking ripped and it's like oh this is a different sarah connor yeah. So when he's like peeking in that doorway and he's like talking to her, she just like dramatically like flips around to see him kind of like her son with the glare at Todd. And I was like, yeah, the Connors, they just like a little drama and they're extra. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, and like then- <laughs> she like Linda Hamilton's amazing in this movie. Like yeah. she's so cut and ripped. Like she's such a she's a different character, but in a in a like a way where it's like you can you can imagine the backstory for how she be, went from a waitress to this you know it, it's not like it's not like she's playing a, an entirely different person it's just like oh the years have been different to her you know you feel them and you feel her like ferocity like mm. her like kind of like back in the corner ferocity when you need be but she also is like incredibly vulnerable like throughout almost every scene um, there's still something very human about her, even when she's like trying to turn off her humanity. But I just, she is, she is like, there's like a like a badassness to her that, that you usually see male characters. She's like, oh, Dr. Silverman, how's the knee? And he's like, <laughs> fine, Sarah. And he turns to the others. She's stabbing the kneecap with my own pen a few weeks ago. <laughs> On the way, everyone just kind of peeks in at her. Yeah. Oh, the blonde doctor is just getting an eyeful of Sarah Connor. And Sarah, I want Sarah Connor to be like, step off, bitch. So I believe in the extended version here. When it cuts to the doctor, like he turns off the intercom and he talks to the other people in this cut, you can't hear what he says, but in the theatrical cut, you can like, there's a little bit of dialogue you don't get in this, which is weird. 
Well, he and, tells the the one the one blonde male orderly, who we'll just call K. Mm-hmm. He says, uh, you know, I don't like seeing the patients uh, like up in their room or whatever. Like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, go fuck her up. Oh man, these guys—they're fucking Billy clubbing her in the stomach, forcing her yeah. to drink her pills. I mean, like, there's this one moment where he like kicks her, and she just flies against the wall because, like, yeah. even though she's like totally ripped and cut, she still probably weighs like 110 pounds. You know? Yeah, yeah. These dudes well, are she's, fucked up. She's, she's completely at the mercy and subjugated into this this fucking world in which so, she's been trapped. Do you think that they make these two orderlies so villainous? So that you won't mind, like what she does to them later. Like I wonder yes, if that I, was a, a calculation she, there, because the one guy is clearly more villainous and he gets the most fucked up, and the yeah, other he gets guy his fucking teeth knocked out. Yeah, he's just kind of goosed up in the lawn, and I want to say he just gets knocked out. Mm-hmm. Oh, when uh, when when uh, when KB there gets his shit fucked up, like it's awesome, Bl- blood and glass <laughs> flying. Yeah, and you're just like. Ooh, that felt good, Sarah. Do it again. Yeah. Um, which again, <laughs> I don't want to glorify the violence in this movie, but it's like I, it's I, I absolutely awesome. believe they're trying to take you to an emotional crescendo there. Uh so we got John Connor and his buddy hacking that ATM, which is, well, this is after the T one thousand after the T one thousand went to his parents his set parents' house and figured oh, out that he's at the mall. Yeah. So so that moment is great because this is when she's like, Oh yeah, there was another guy looking for him earlier. Big guy. Yeah. yeah, he's like, no, I don't think that'll be a problem. Which is like, hey, Todd and Janelle, what did you think when this like Austrian biker <laughs> maniac showed up at your door looking for your son? I'm looking for your son, John Connor. Oh, he's not here. Never oh. mind. Don't oh, it's alarmed. cool. He is my dealer. <laughs> yeah, so John and his buddy hacked the ATM, which, as we covered, young Benjo would have done that. Would you uh, not have done that? Like, and you're 10 oh. years old, and it's like, you can do anything. The world is your oyster. What do you do? You go get money. You probably like get some candy or ice cream or something. And you go to the arcade and you play street fighter forever. Well, and it's the little kid thing where they set their, their sights so low. Cause I'm thinking I like 300 bucks. That's, that's a hour. fucking fortune. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I would have killed somebody. I would kill my own parents for 300 bucks at a certain age. Um, but I love that they're still kids. Again, John Connor is supposed to be 10. Which I had to keep yeah, he's more of like a 12 or 13, I feel like, in yeah. this movie. But they like they run around the corner like, shoot, 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 go, 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 go. And they do like this like double high five of victory. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, yes, double high five. And then like, you know, we find out John learned the shit from his mom who he carries a picture around. And I love the way that you think the scene's going because the, the little sidekick's like, so she's pretty cool, huh? Nope, says John. And he goes in this whole backstory of like his loser buddy and how she's she's crazy and she's in a mental hospital because she tried to blow up a computer factory. Well, I can't remember if it's like, here. Or, be like, sorry, I asked. <laughs> I can't remember if it's here or later that he's kind of like, I think it might be later where he gets into a little more and he's like, yeah, I thought that was normal until, you know, my yeah. mom got arrested. And it's like, oh, sorry, your mom's psycho, didn't you know? Yeah, I think when he's, when he's talking to the Terminator. Mm-hmm. He's like telling this whole story. Like, I just thought that's how people lived. <laughs> okay, so did your scene have the uh, the Michael Bean, Kyle Reese? Yep. Okay, yeah, that scene is fucking horrible. Like, first of all, somehow Sarah Connor is in this like silk nighty here instead of her regular outfit for some reason, and he's just like, Sarah, you need to protect him. Like this whole scene, there's a reason you cut this from the movie. I don't know why they brought it back. I think it was just. That was back in the day when, like, any deleted scene was, like, mysterious and special. 
and people mm-hmm. wanted it, but it's like, hey, you got it back. It sucked. There's a reason they cut it. Yeah. Well, like she's running down the hospital in this this nightgown. At one point, we, you know, she ends up in the the playground that we're always going to see get flash fried by the nuclear blast. Um, and it's just it's this hardcore like way of her just like beating herself up like via this like dream of uh, you know Reese. But I don't think you really needed to try and establish some sort of uh, I don't know ongoing emotional connection to Kyle Reese her one night stand like i don't know i get the guy saved her life it was a pivotal moment in her life you know it's john's father and whatnot but like i don't think you really need to make that big of a deal about it. the movie's fine without it well the movie's trying to go for i guess that would be a complaint of mine because the movie's trying to set it up with john and the terminator like talking to, about when he's when john's talking to the terminator later and he's just like you know i wish i could have met my dad or whatever and he's just like you will and he's like yeah when i'm 45 and then he's like, yeah yeah and it's like they're trying to like do some kind of connection there, but I don't know in watching this version where you have this like very long dream sequence, like, does it, is it like take away from the emotional bite of the movie? I think it does. I think that is quite possibly the worst scene in all the deleted scenes, which is saying something because there's another really bad one later. We'll get into it, but I'm kind of curious if like the, the first real Dyson family scene was a new one. That seems okay. But yeah, um, so then we go to Sarah Connor, like you see her on video recounting the tale of the Terminator. I, I love the line. It's like, you know, anyone on August 29th, 1997, anyone without 200 sun, two, 2 million sunblocks going to have a real bad fucking day. Get it? Yeah. Great line. Well, and, and just, yeah, she's flipping out on tape at this point with the Dodgers like six months earlier. Smoking and then she's, as it's going worse and worse, she's just like, you're already dead. You get it. You're the one living in a fucking dream. <laughs> As you see, like the order in the background preparing the needle. <laughs> yeah. I like how she's just like watching this smoking like a chimney and, and she's like, oh, I'm a lot better now. And the doctor understands as we do that she's just saying what she wants because she wants to see John, you know? And, but I do feel like they arrive at some genuine emotion here. You know, she's like, I did everything you wanted. I just want to see my son. And this guy's just like, yeah, I think you're just telling me what you want me to hear. Uh, nope. Well, he's, I, I, I always took him every time I watch, I, maybe because I want a side of Sarah, I take him as low key villainous that he's trying to force her into an outburst so he can, he can oh, yeah. further deny her that sliver of freedom. I think so. Yeah. All she wants is like, like minimum security. So the sun can visit her. Well, this guy does not Granted, take Sarah her seriously escape, at all. Like yeah. the idea that like she can't see her son, he doesn't give a shit. Like clearly not a single shit about that. And to be fair, if she truly was an acute schizoid, whatever the fuck, like, Maybe she shouldn't be allowed to be near her child. It's probably not good for him, but, you know, a come on, call? Man. I mean, come on. I'm just saying, if a mental patient tells me I'm already dead, you know, robot holocaust is coming, I'll be like, I'm listening. Oh, you know, I never if noticed. I, I never noticed this detail until now, but that one blonde uh, scientist yep, woman or whatever, yep. she's getting a slice of pizza behind the window. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, clearly, this is just entertainment for them. Well, and she's like just like sticking it to her, like from like her higher cast at Sarah. Um, I kind of wanted to see Sarah Connor like throw her out a window at one point. Yeah. Um, well, then, and then get, we get our introduction to Cyberdyne systems here. Joe Morton. I love Joe Morton. I 
really weep over like how shit this poor man's career is. Like the four poor fucking bastards in Justice League. That's kind of playing the That's same right, role. He was. Too. Oh man, yeah. yeah. It's like I don't really want to see a fucking cyborg movie, but I'm like, can you just still give that paycheck to Joe Morton? He's earned it. Yeah, I like this scene. This is a nice little scene. It's like maybe two minutes long. It really tells us everything we need to know. Like, I, I guess we get a little more humanity from him in that scene with his wife later, but we don't really need it. You know, like all, you can see why they made all these cuts. It's like, oh, hey, it's Cyberdyne Systems. There's like this kind of like kind of, you know, absent minded tech bro with the lollipop who like he needs this guy's permission to go get the thing. What's the thing? Uh, you know, where'd you get it? Don't ask about it. I like how they set up the two keys turning thing. This is a good kind of foreshadowing for what we're going to get later where you yeah. see the, the chip and then the arm. Nice way to do a sequel for a movie that didn't really need a sequel. Like it's mm-hmm. very understated. It's just like, Oh yeah, the arm and the chip survived. That's all you need to know. And honestly, like you could have done probably like kind of a quick, quick cut it, edit version of like a, a nightmare thing which could have been like needed. You, yeah like like this like you could have done that well i mean it's saying it, you could have done that in lieu of the first movie like this is a sequel that you never really need to see the first one yeah not really no all uh, the information is given to you uh so it just a wonderful movie sense it's la arnold can just cruise through town and magically see john connor and then i love that when he turns around on this I think bridge. this is supposed to be like Glendale maybe yeah yeah when he like when he turns around there's like this like low-key car accident fucking car accident in the background <laughs> well and it's like yeah they did that stunt you know <laughs> like yeah that's not CGI that's not uh, model work um yeah he just turns around he's watching yeah and then well, there, meanwhile the, huh. there's something I was gonna say there's something about the the hog he's on there the Harley that seems perfectly casual for the terminator the terminator rarely seems like he's really kind of expending energy mm-hmm. you know like there's something about his movements that all seem very focused and and thought out in advance Pur- purposeful yeah mm-hmm. just chill it, there's like a, a level of chill that i never appreciated before uh meanwhile the t-1000s like getting direction from kids to find john connor at the mall one of those kids is little baby nikki cox um <laughs> still her best role ever um target acquired we get we get that from the terminator when he sees john connor yeah yeah so if if you didn't know you still might think that he's the bad guy here and that the other guy's the good guy even though that other guy clearly has villainous cheekbones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well and even more of like that kind of purposeful walk mm-hmm. like uh robert patrick another petite guy like he's a lot of hips mm-hmm. a lot of hips he's like strutting and prowling um so again, the thing over there in the arcade, and like we talked about, like the the redheaded buddy, the little troll buddy of his, like covers him basically. Yeah, man, I don't, I haven't seen that kid at all. Like, hey, John, you can get the fuck out of here. There's a cop looking for this, you. This afterburner game he's playing looks fucking awesome. Like, I feel like I never sprung for like the dollar it would take to play a single, you know, game on that thing. I can't claim to be like hugely memorized in my arcade experience as a kid but here's what i'll never forget you knew the fucking x-men arcade game was badass because it was double screened oh yeah oh yeah and they had that line down the center so the so you knew hey kids there's two screens here that's how big this fucking game is um and i'll never forget just when when colossus turns like oh, are you so, a like, colossus mutant, guy 
Um, I played him a few times, but like, he who, did who, have was, your, who like, was your who was your X Men? Who did you play as? I think I played as Cyclops. Really interesting. I yeah. played as Nightcrawler. I can see that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I played Nightcrawler a lot when I did the uh, whatever the Sega Genesis. X-Men I, game I think was. I talked so, myself into thinking that Nightcrawler had like his like special move covered more ground. That's probably not true. They probably all did the exact same thing, but it seemed like his did more damage. His was a lot of fun in that Sega Genesis X-Men game because you could like actually go places with Nightcrawler's power. Oh, nice. <laughs> you could. I mean, the Nightcrawler power basically worked like when I hold down my thumb and my keyboard on my phone and I, now I can move the cursor. That was basically his power. I just bamfed around. Anyway. Uh, can so we talk I'm, about the like Dexter point Dexter here in the glasses? He gets fucking lit up by the T-1000. Oh, so yeah, Arnold, Arnold and John meet, and they meet the T-1000. Uh, I was going to say, like, intense fight scene here, because it's like, I, I think I originally wrote my notes, intense action sequence. It's like, fuck no, they're about to get even more intense action sequence. But I love the Terminator T-1000 fight in a men's fashion store. <laughs> well, there, you know, this movie, we're going to see it over and over again later. There's like a, a Samaritan's the wrong word, but like a bystander count in this movie. That's fucking yeah. incredible. Like, there's just like bystanders left and right. Just like sometimes they're spared, sometimes they're not spared, dude. They fucking get it. I love that when we see the Terminator's casualty counter later on, it allows for <laughs> zero point zero. <laughs> Are we sure being shot in the knee isn't a fraction? I don't know. Well, he's like, I guess if he gets no medical attention at all, he could bleed to death. But whatever semantics. <laughs> um. Yeah, so after the T-1000 throws the Terminator through a window, like that's going to take care of it compared to their fight later on. There's this great shot where the T-1000 just stands side by side of a silver mannequin and looks at it like, eh. Yeah, there's there's like a very kind of underplayed thing going on with the T-1000 here and like his own weird personality that's slowly developing yes. in this movie. Yes, and it's very, it's very noticeable he to me. He definitely seems like a fucking psychopath. Like, just aside from being a killer robot, he's also a psychopath. I would call his kind of silent, walking, antagonistic presence as like pre-Darth Maul to me. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. He has this like scary running that he does. Yeah. Where like I think he's doing the running where he uh, he kind of positions his, his hands into like blades as he runs kind of, you know, like like he's running all out. Yeah, this dude was fucking scary. I remember watching this. But, like, if you did a thing where it's, like, some doors opened and, like, he's standing there and he, like, like just kind of, like, lifts his head slowly and looks at them. And you oh, heard, yeah. da-da, da-da-da-da. And the Terminator was like, I'll take care of this. And, like, Sarah Connor and John Connor are like, oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get, you know, bystander number two here, this truck driver. T-1000 just yes. runs up, opens the door, yanks him out. That guy hits his head, I'm pretty sure, on the ground. He's dead, right? That guy's fucking dead. <laughs> he's dead. He's dead immediately. Oh yeah. This guy was thinking about where to get lunch and like hey, he has to like take a shit. Like boom, dead. five seconds yeah. earlier. <laughs> That's LA for you. Um I love the outside. just the vehicles here. He's just in a fucking semi truck running down, like bashing through other cars as he's trying to chase John Connor. He's in this fucking Mack truck. Terminator's on his like motorcycle. John's on his dirt bike. And, and Schwarzenegger's like doing that one hand shotgun thing. Oh and my god, that's so this fucking is the cool. Part where Absolutely. 
they are cannot hide that no way whatsoever, especially as this Edward Furlong on this bike. Well, some of the shots, it's like definitely like he's like sitting on the bike, like on a sled being dragged, you know, but like, you know what? It all fucking works. I am fine with it. I much prefer this to like weird CG stunt work. Like this all plays like it's real. I, I don't mind the little, you know, occasional shot here or there where it might not be him. It's good enough for me. Well, and it's funny is like the simple computer effect and innovation they came up with 15 years later is we can like basically spin a character around in a chair and like film the, or an actor and film their face and then just composite it onto the stunt double's face. Yeah. It's like, fuck, that's brilliant. Um, there's a great shot at one point where like the uh, uh, Terminator and like John Connor are, like side by side and Arnold just picks up John Connor with one hand and pulls him onto his motorcycle. They do a lot with just like how fucking strong he this, is. This is why I think LeBron should be doing action movies. There's there's certain things you can't fake with CG and one of them is like actual physicality. Like when you mm-hmm. have a dude who's fucking huge like that next to like another dude like just the physical size difference. You can't fake that. And it's, I don't know. I feel like it, it's really interesting to watch. I just can't see the rock doing this, doing the, I don't think he'd be able to do the, the spinning shotgun cock thing or whatever. I just, and I don't see him letting go ego enough to be like, I'm going to drain my humanity out of a character and then slowly bring it in. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, I mean, like, it's, you know, it's one thing to say, like, okay, Schwarzenegger is actually a bad actor and he's a good action star, but like, that is a kind of work that's super hard, you know, um, to make this believable, make this work. I, I think this is definitely his best performance. Yeah. Mm. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, so they, they, <laughs> they, they kill this Mack truck. Oh <laughs> yeah. He, man. Without the burning wreck fucking explodes. I like how first it crashes and you see the gas leaking and you see, like, I don't know, like, this, like, spark plug spinning, you know, or swinging. Yeah. And then it just, like, sparks kaboom. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that John Connor is just, like, time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> questions. I mean, John Connor really rides that line of, like, oh, shit, is this a kid who's going to be annoying in the movie without? I feel like I don't think he ever crosses it. You know, this he isn't, is, this isn't is. like, a Jurassic World situation. Right. He is a little bit. And then... I got to a point in this rewatch where I was like, he's also a little kid. Like this is kind of the perfectly natural response, especially yeah. with his fucked up background. Um, I'm glad they don't do the thing that you see in so many movies where it's like these two adults are in this like precarious life or death situation. And also the kids got like leukemia or asthma or whatever. Or the parents fuck. are getting divorced. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like Jurassic world. Another, another extra scene is like, the cops, the firemen are like putting out the fire of the Mack truck. And then like T 1000 walks over and like gets into a new police car. We do not need to see him acquire a new vehicle. We can just assume he got one, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is when uh, we finally do the uh, timeout pullover. He wants to call his parents. Um, this whole sequence is great with the uh, Janelle and Todd here. Todd gets it just right through the fucking milk cart. And I love it. Just including the milk. I feel like is brilliant. Do you think, you could get away like i think this movie gets the r rating for the language do you think they could get away with the violence or would that would the blade through the the face be too much well the way they frame this is brilliant because it's like in profile it's the least gory it could be yeah i think the real gore is some of the like the 
people getting shot and the way they're like kneecaps and shit because that's so much more visceral when you yeah. have people like moaning in pain but then like arnold's face at the end of the movie i, I don't know for some reason i feel like i've watched pg-13 movies that are more violent than this movie just in like a different way mm-hmm. you know i don't know the, the the way we rate movies in general is weird and well, I want to say like uh, like Fincher talked about something in like one of like the Fight Club special features where there's the bit where Edward Norton beats the shit out of Jared Leto, which mm-hmm. man, yeah, like, that's that's wish fulfillment right there. But like, there's like two different cuts of that. There's one where it's like just primarily like Jared Leto's fucked up face, and then there's one where there's like more crowd reaction shots, and that mm-hmm. was the one that was more more like harshly rated because by adding in that human emotion of like ugh, it like kind of freaked it out more but yeah when he's like when Edward Furlong's like first like testing out the Terminator I love that he just pokes Arnold in the cheek <laughs> alright well, so we get the rules well, what do you think um, of, what do you think of uh, Janelle here at T-1000 he does a weird thing where he's always like staring at his hands after he like kills someone like it's as though he's beginning to enjoy it like the idea mm-hmm. of, of of actual flesh and bone and like the fragility of humans like interests him yeah, we well, he definitely, he definitely is like he develops more of a personality much quicker than we see in the the regular Terminator, um, because after the thing with the foster parents and like feeling figuring out that he's been like uh, like tricked or duped, he goes and investigates the dog. Yeah, this is an extra scene. Kills it. Extra oh, scene. Okay. Don't need it. Yeah. Yeah, he kills it. He sees the collar says Mac, like the bloody collar, and he realizes he was tricked. And okay. It's, it's very interesting. Did your cut have him walking back into the house and searching John's room? No. Okay. Thank God, because it is quite possibly even worse than the Kyle Reese scene. Because it's T-1000 walking back into John's room, and he's like got to search around. And he starts doing this weird thing where he's kind of like waving his hands all over the place, just feeling on the walls. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, it's clear that he's been told to like act spooky or something. It's mm-hmm. awful. It is so bad. Thank God they cut this out of the movie. And all he How does eventually, it goes on for like a fucking minute and a half or something. He finally finds a, a box. Be, uh, it's like the tears a poster off the wall. And there's like a little cubby hole where John Connors hid like a chew box full of like photos of his mom or something. There's It's pointless. There's no reason for us to have this scene in the movie. What? How long is, is this cut? How long is this movie? Uh, this cut is like two thirty-seven, I think, two hours thirty-seven minutes. Okay, so mine was two thirty-three. So yeah. wow, four minutes. Yeah, you're, um, not, you're not missing it. It's awful scene. It's it like it it destroys all the menace that you built up with this character by making him act all like ridiculously like super spooky. So I have I have questions about the T one thousand's abilities. Um, he's liquid metal. Well, yes, a mimetic poly alloy. I love that liquid metal with them on the phone with, with, you know, Todd and in quote air quotes, Janelle, because it's basically at one point, there's just two terminators talking to each other on a phone, which is hilarious to me. Uh, yeah. So he's liquid metal. He can't become complex machinery, uh, or something with working chemical parts. He can become simple metal things like knives or stabbing objects, which he loves doing. Mm -hmm. Um, can he only do voices when he's physically mimicking the person? So I believe it's established that both the T T eight hundred and the T one thousand, if they come in physical contact with you, somehow that allows them both to do voices and for the T one thousand to mimic as well. Okay. So the T one thousand, presumably, it makes no sense, but just go with it. Presumably, if he just saw you from afar, he could not mimic you. 
Okay. Well, because I'm I was very confused by the call to the boy sequence. Which I, he's really I, I really think I think they're just her. like like oh shit this is good it makes no sense let's do it let's torture yeah, her it's cool yeah he's super sadistic and just love for no it. reason at all he's keeping her alive yeah yeah so the cops come to see Sarah Connor at the mental hospital they're showing her pictures from the police station assault years ago so the I just told you your son is missing his foster parents are dead and she's just like silent yeah I love it yeah she's almost catatonic or. or Kind of acting a little bit. This, the cops leave, and she this, pockets a paperclip. This to me is how you do a sequel that doesn't really need to happen. Just little touches, like throwing in the security footage from ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Like that's just like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. You know? I mean, they could have just done a, a a very quick nightmare version of that that like assault at the police station, rather than no, the Kyle Reese. I um, I feel like this so, movie is better because it doesn't underline things too much okay so yeah uh, john connor gives us like the sarah connor backstory they live in nicaragua for a while running guns mom would shack up with anyone they could learn from all that make him like this great military leader and then he realized she was crazy and it was like sorry kid your mom's a psycho so uh, I, I, this my mildly controversial question okay these uh two bodybuilders who come over mm-hmm. do you think they're dating I feel like they are not, you know, I'm not trying to like cast any shade or anything. I, I feel like this is like a coded thing that the movie's doing. Interesting. Why? Uh, there's just something about their physical intimacy, I guess. Okay. Hmm. That's my head I mean, anyway. Like there's the, there's some very subtle playing on just like, like not so much, I think sexuality, but just, well, I guess like, your own personal sexuality and how you access that part of yourself throughout this just with the you know incredibly sexual nature of you can only take presumably biological matter into the uh into the past with you so you have to be like naked and mm-hmm. if you're a terminator suppose you have to be covered in a skin suit just the walking into the bar completely nude and the way people observe you and like ooh, look at this specimen i i just and feel then, like when yeah these guys when these two guys get home from the er the one dude to the other is just like I told you that it's the last fucking time we respond to anyone in this city. You just fucking ignore him and get in the car, man. I gotta say, the other guy, the non-Sean Aston guy, absolutely communicates the, like, they have clearly tried to help somebody before and it has not worked out for them. <laughs> he almost gets fucking shot in the head, man. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so like you know, John wants to say. I like how they just like stand around and continue to talk after that happens. It's yeah. not like they're concerned about the cops or anything. No, no. Uh, but just to Joe, the scene where he realizes Terminator has to obey him is great. <laughs> what, is, what is the line like? Jesus, you were gonna, Jesus, you were gonna kill that guy. Of course, I'm a Terminator. <laughs> you can't kill people. Why? Because it's not right. Why? Uh, so then, John's gonna like save his mom or his Terminator to help. Um, oh, we get the creepiest fucking scene ever with this orderly. He's just like, oh, I think I'll lick your face just because. Oh. I mean, yeah. There's a part of me that's like, uh, maybe you should cut this out of the movie, but another part that's like, this movie's, I don't know. It's it's like that's gonna be unflinching, you know. It's like, oh yeah, this guy's you know a fucking dirtbag working in a mental hospital. We're not gonna sugarcoat it. 
yeah, I mean, this is a guy who's absolutely attracted to this job because he has power over women who are vulnerable in a variety of ways. Um, also unrelated, the nurse at the nurse's station has a real crazy mullet. She also has a uh, a wrist brace on, which I like to imagine is because of something Sarah Connor did at some point okay. earlier. You know, like it's like or, or some other patient. Like I like that little detail that she's wear. She has like a cast on her wrist. Um, one of the things I appreciate is when you see like the gaggle of cops like leaving after like they've gotten nothing from Sarah Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, everything at night is it's at times just poorly lit like just like it looks like night it looks like a nighttime parking lot outside oh yeah I james cameron knows how to light his night scenes i love that like we're an hour and a half in this podcast and we're not even halfway through the movie yet no not it, this is gonna buckle in folks yeah. um yeah like so you get the one the one nurse and the the security guard guy i fucking love this exchange it's so dumb but hey gwen you want a coffee no thanks how about a beer and i'm like how often did they have this exchange at this job yeah <laughs> Sarah Connor, what a fucking badass. She's like picking the lock with her paperclip that she's like splitting two and everything. I like how you never see her get out of the room so you don't know what's going to happen when the orderly. I think it's the orderly. Yeah, it's the orderly gets back there. Take the Terminator and the time travel and even John Connor out of all of this. I feel like it's a fucking race between uh, Nick Fury and Ethan Hunt. Who can come recruit her first? <laughs> <laughs> the scene where the one like security guard gets murdered by the T-1000 is so goddamn creepy. I love how he's like, oh, I got a full house. And then just the way he like stares in bewilderment at this uh, double of him. And then gets stabbed mm-hmm. right in the fucking eye. Oh, that's great. I guess that's why it's probably rated R. That's great. Well, so, yeah, T-1000. I'm saying is that checkered- kid, kids should watch this movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, but like maybe with their parents, but maybe one of those things where the parents like, oh, hey, T2's on, you know, like Showtime. I sure hope you don't stay up and watch this, Johnny or Jill or whatever. Like, ha, 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 ha. Anyways, I'm going to go upstairs. Ha, ha. Um, it's T1000 raised up the checkered floor. My first thought is one, show off. Mm-hmm. Like, look what I can fucking do. Two, does he have to do that that slow or does he just enjoy taking his time? Yeah. I think he can only morph so fast as it seems like it's kind of the thing in this movie. He, he can't do I it think, instantaneously. I mean, he's got a job to do. He's professional. He knows how to like mimic people for the purpose of his job. He's clearly like suppressing a murder boner. I think he's time. just like, look, my processors and the processors at digital domain who are doing the effects with this movie, they only work so fast. So, yeah. But yeah, just God, the visceral thrill when she smacks that guy across the fucking face. Oh man, you see some teeth lights. Great. Teeth, glass, blood, like just droplets of blood. The way she picks up his she picks up his billy club and starts running with it, and she holds it in a certain way that like I'd never seen a billy club held that way before. But when I saw her holding it that way, I knew that like that was the way fucking pros hold it, you know? You're like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, she is going to fuck someone up that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's a fun, if totally unhinged badass throughout all this. And then when she gets to Dr. Silverman, breaks his fucking holding, wrist. She holds him hostage with like the syringe of like, what is that? Should she, it's, she it's get? A, it's like Rotorooter or something. It's like Drano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she just has this fucking syringe of like Drano in his neck. And then like when she, when she gets out and she just breaks that key off in the door lock. Oh, it's it's such a genius move because 
it's smart. It's not like it's not, you know, girl running up the stairs when she should be running out the front door. It's like, ooh, that was smart. And now it's mm-hmm. like fucked her later on. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, we get the we talk about like the elevator thing. The Arnold shows up with John Connor, T one thousand shows up. You get like all like the Arnold like like blasting at the uh, T one thousand, which number one, I love the fucking weird shapes that are made in him from various yeah. types of bullet blasts, but also the weird gymnastic body work that Robert Patrick does as he's being shot. That must have been so fun just to like watch like the the raw filming of that. Yeah, as he's like got these weird foil things attached to the front of him. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love the bit where when Sarah Connor's like sneaking with the syringe, there's like the one orderly that comes up from down the hall and is going to try to jump her. Yeah. Well, one guy does like a slide tackle on her at one point. Yeah, it's like it's not like it goes perfectly for her, you know? No. I like the, no. the one, uh, I think she's another security guard with like the cast on her arm, like tries to like backhand him with her, her cast, the T-800. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks his glasses. It's like, oh, dude, he shouldn't have broken his glasses. He's pissed now. <laughs> I really like those shades. My future was so bright, I had to wear them. When they make the escape and Arl's just like f- firing his shotgun, you know, up through the elevator because the T-1000's on top of them. And then like at a certain point, Sir Connor's just like, wait. And she just like grabs his gun from his waist and starts shooting too, you know, like she's going to join in. I love that <laughs> moment. It's just like, no, this is not going to be the damsel. You know, like she's fucking no. hardcore in this movie. Well, and they do a little bit with it, but it's always there. This thread that some part of her will just fucking hate this guy or be terrified of him or uneasy of him. But she's still like a badass of a mission. So she has to work with him because she also knows on the same level that that she needs him. And he's not like the same robot. Um but the way she kind of processes like all of those things at once is it's always there and it's always great. Uh, so there's like another like like car chase there. The next thing I have in my notes is just the uh, the broken off piece of the T1000. Oh, it's so creepy. Yeah, I want to say that if you watch closely, you can see that like as he walks up, one of his arms is shorter than the other <laughs> until he reabsorbs it. Yeah, like it and he almost fucking kills John Connor here. Like he was very close. Yeah, liquefies rejoins him by like melting of his foot. <laughs> the way he's just like the T one Terminator's just like drive, and he like just stands up on like the running board of the car and like turns around and shoots with the shotgun. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that. Like that happens several times in this movie where like Sir Connor has to drive for him. So they get away, and this is when like if I had any frustrations or annoyance with Edward Furlong's John Connor, it went away. It's when she gives John this pep talk about how he has to be smarter. He can't risk himself or anything, including her. And it's like as much as she's a nut job in his eyes, like he just wants his fucking mom. And she's just like, "Do you understand?" And he starts like crying. And then you what's get wrong the, with like, your eyes? Yeah. What do you crying like a little pussy boy? <laughs> You need to buck the fuck up in the back seat there. I like how they show you the shot when they get to like this like weird. It's like a, I don't know, auto shot that they hold up in. Uh, John Connor, like he's taking the Terminator's jacket off. And he's holding it up to the light and he's got all these holes in it. Yes. It's like, yeah, he's got a lot of fucking bullets in him right now. Willie's heal up. Yes. Good. Because if you can't pass for human, you're no good to us. She pulls 20 more bullets out of him. 
So this is the only sequence of the extended cut that I like is them reprogramming the Terminator here. Where like, first of all, it's fucking creepy as hell the way they like peel back his like scalp like that. Yep. And then they like go in there, and he's just like, I want to say that when they did this, like to do the mirror shots, they just like used to like another stunt double or something for it. Mm. Like the 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 way they did it's insane. Like for some reason they're like, oh, we don't want to just like put a fucking mirror there we're gonna maybe it's because the camera moves across it or something like that they like wanted to do a trick shot but yeah Mm. it's insane it's like actually two people there like mirroring their uh performances i want to say even that like i think linda hamilton might have a twin she does yeah so whenever they needed her i know like later on in the movie it's her twin sister is, is doing the stand in for her that's insane yeah i love it yeah which again if you're married to james cameron that's a detail he knows he's like i can use that they might have been divorced. Oh no, the, no, they were married now. I yeah. think uh, uh, I can't remember who was first. Who was he married to first? Lin, uh, Catherine Bigelow or Linda Hamilton? I do not remember. I think it was. I want to say it went Linda Hamilton then Catherine Bigelow. No, maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Anyway, he eventually ended up married to, like Susie and me or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this scene is cool because this establishes how the Terminator starts to learn later. It's the only scene you really need from the extended cut. She almost smashes the chip, but then she decides that like they can use the Terminator. And mm-hmm. John Connor gets his little like, "Hey, like if you keep expecting me to lead, like fucking listen to me for once, you know." Yeah, yeah. It's uh, he's my friend. Okay, it's like if his own my own mother won't listen to me, how can I expect anyone else to? Yeah. Uh, well, and there's just a great moment where she's just like trying to like she knows John's gonna give her shit, so she just like tries to like slyly smash this thing with like a balping hammer, and like I love that he just like throws his hand in front of it because he knows that she won't hurt him. <laughs> yeah. um, I love the this, uh, this the, guy's the last proof of the future. Yeah. The night to day shot of the Terminator just standing there with this shotgun watching. That's a great shot. Yeah, I wonder uh, how they so did not- that. Do you think they actually? Uh, they couldn't have faked that. I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know how they did that. I I don't think they actually had him stand there for like eight hours or whatever, but you wonder sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but I love when she smashes this thing in frustration anyway. She's just like, fine. We'll play it your way. <laughs> it's like you're also his mom. And they just steal a station wagon. So the uh, the 1990s colloquialisms he tries to give the Terminator, no problemo, hasta la vista, baby, and chill out, dickwad. <laughs> That was his, his improvisation there where he combines the two together. Chill out, dickwad. Yeah. yeah. Did anyone tra- ever say... The Terminator smile. It, did anyone ever say hasta la vista, baby, before this movie came out? I don't think so. Was that like an L.A. thing? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, it's a good line and all, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the smile thing, I think, might be uh, an extended scene, too. Which, it's mm. it's fine. It's it's weirdly good facial acting from Arnold. Like I don't know how he does that, but it works. It's funny because it it's a it's a it's perfect note because it's so hideous. And it's like okay, well maybe maybe this is your strong suit. There's a great bit when they're driving later, and I like screen cap when he actually like smirks at one point um, in the car with him, and it's like okay, this Terminator can experience and express joy. Yeah. Joy well, is just like kind of fucked up. He's not in read only mode anymore. He's learning. Yeah. So this is when but we get our our uh, Miles Dyson like family scene here, where his wife comes in and licks the back of his neck. That would I feel like I would jump in my chair if that happened. I again, I just assume 
that they have like a pretty healthy sex life. He seems like a generally happy person when he's not obsessed with his uh, computer chip there. Well, I think he's he's a guy who's like, you know, I'm really I'm really into my job. And meanwhile, like when I have time and I get my head out of my ass, like my wife is super thirsty. And, you know, we also have two kids. You can tell why. Um, I like the way he positions the chip as what if you had a pilot who never got a hangover? (laughs) Oh, she has. I think this lady went on to become like the one of the bosses in Lawner or something. Uh, He's married a job. She brings up a good point. Like, you know the this chip is never going to love you like we do uh-huh. um and uh, but this is like my number like like 13 moment maybe and she's like i love her line she's like i just need you to tell me why this the fuck this matters because i think i'm going fucking crazy yeah if if i was in control of the extended cut i would include the reprogramming scene and that mm-hmm. scene the this scene right here with Tyson his wife and that's it you really don't need anything else you really don't even need this scene but I like Miles Dyson so I'll throw it in and I like her I mean I, I was like there's a humanity of this character yeah. I'm kind of like when they go to Cyberdyne where does she and the kids go <laughs> that family man I I mean we'll get to it but I, I do wonder like what is the fucking aftermath of this movie yeah, yeah and you, got, you got Enrique and his family here oh, oh yeah, I love his line yeah why don't you just show up and fuck up my life huh and she's like, eh. but like, that's the beauty of this movie. This is something you used to see like in the eighties and early nineties where like, we don't even hint at the aftermath. This moment, this movie ended credits. You know, there's no like one year later, where are these characters? Mm-hmm. No, it's just like, boom, credits. They're in a fucking factory surrounded by like dead robots. <laughs> um, yeah. So this dude has a normal family, um, him and his wife, they fuck when they can. Um, and meanwhile, as we're finding out about the, the birth of Skynet and this guy's responsible, these three stone cold maniacs are going to come like tool up and fucking murder him. Uh, the whole thing about Enrique's compound is just dirt and dust and everything in the crack. It reminds me a little of uh, uh, Breaking Bad, like the fifth season, like the weird, like the, the neo-Nazis and their meth lab and whatnot. Yeah, in the ground. But so the way the Terminator, I, I think we can assume that when the Terminator is pulling this like grate back or whatever, this metal plate, a mm-hmm. human probably could not do that. Presumably right? a car had to like drag it. Yeah, it's like you need like a little like bobcat or something to pull that thing back. And it's just full of fucking guns, just crazy yeah. guns everywhere. And the Terminator's like, uh, just like, Terminator's digging it. Yeah, he's into it. He's He's got his murder boner, but like. She's got like a South American revolution in a box here. Yeah. Oh, the outfit that Sarah Connor changes into here. You're like, oh, shit. A little Hamilton. Goddamn. In this movie. The uh, he picks up like a grenade launcher here. And I feel like this grenade launcher that he uses for the rest of the movie is basically responsible for like every video game ever. Like that's a first person shooter having a grenade launcher in it. That's exactly this thing here Mm. where it like fires grenades. Yeah. Like. It's totally all from this scene right here. Well, because this movie, it has a kind of just video game mentality to its violence, at least. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so she's going to like, change the starting motor in a truck. She's I like the way tonight, John you know. is just like helping like cock these guns and shit. Like, he knows all this shit. Yeah. And then she mentions, like, Enrique, you need to get out of here, too. It's not safe for you. And he's just like, sure, just drop out any time and totally fuck up my life. Okay, I love that. 
And then we get the great the great thing from John Connor we were talking about. The see, I grew up in places like this. So I just thought that's how people live. Riding around in helicopters, learning how to blow shit up. Then my mom got bust and I got put into regular school. And all the other kids were into Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, he's not into Nintendo. He's into the real thing. I like there's this little physical moment where he's trying to move, I don't know, it's like a box of fucking grenades or something, who knows what. Where the Terminator just walks over and kind of picks him up from behind him and turns him around physically while he's doing it. It's a very kind of physically intimate moment that I think kind of sets up this idea that that Sarah Connor is going to have in a little bit of the Terminator is basically like the perfect dad. Mm-hmm. And then he gets a Zed minigun. He's just like, he smiles. He, he knows how to smile for that. Mm-hmm. And then Linda Hamilton, she's got like a fucking M16. She's got a giant ass Bowie knife, like strapped to her leg. She's in like military fatigues. Yeah. She's ready mm-hmm. to fucking kill someone. Yeah. She's fucking like NRA Barbie over here. <laughs> um, yeah. It- John Connor is still very much a kid, though. So, like, the way he describes some of this stuff is you kind of get this in between the lines picture of what her just her quote unquote love life has been in the last like 12 years. John Connor, she's like, most of the guys my mom hung out with were geeks. Uh, but yeah, her, her disastrous love life after Reese, just working out, learning crazy gun shit and revolutionary shit. Oh, and sooner or later, she reveals, like, you know, what she believes to be the truth about this robot uh you know army of the future whatever and the dudes always like run at that point because they're like oh yeah. shit she's crazy yeah this is some yeah. real like father son shit is her like you know fixing the uh starter or whatever on this truck high five and yeah um i i love the real bit dad. this should have been in my top moments when uh john connor teaches the terminator how to high five and then he first does the thing where he pulls his hand back and like, Ow. He, and he he laughs, and like the Terminator just like very much like just like he kind of glares at him, like that wasn't cool. And then they do it again, and he pulls his hand back. I fucking love that. That like the Terminator learned to do that to him. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about you know that he'll meet his dad, he'll send him back in time to have this one night stand of his mom, and his mom still cries over this dude. And then we get the like, why do you cry? Why? And then we get the fucking just terrifying nuclear holocaust dream sequence here as sarah connor walks up to this chain link fence that she's watching everything too i like that it, she's watching herself with the, like her theoretical child that she would have had if like none of this had happened you know mm-hmm. and then just the way like the god the way the bodies catch fire is fucking terrifying the way everyone like kind of ducks and covers and they just fucking light on fire because of it Including Sir yeah. Connor watching everything, yeah. And she's holding onto the fence, and like her skin is being burned off her skeleton. This is definitely nightmare fuel, yeah. Yeah. No fate but what we make. And she's carving this into the table. <laughs> she just like gets in the uh, station wagon there and books it. Well, it's kind of funny because I don't remember if it's like a thing from the 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 regular cut, but he's just like he's like playing like detective, like. I think I know what she's talking about. And it's she's like, going to blow that, away. Yeah. It was like, is it that phrase that she's been repeating over and over again your entire life? Or the I'm, fact that you were just talking about miles Dyson. Hey, good, good conclusions. Drawn, I'm kid. pretty sure that's in the original. Yeah. Okay. And I was we, like, it's a leap. <laughs> so you don't know it from this scene here. You would only know it from the deleted scene with miles Dyson, his wife, but their place is like on the beach. I guess this is probably like, I don't know, in Malibu or something. Dyson's like like crazy mansion compound here. 
it's not too shabby. This dude is living large. Yeah. And I guess he's, he's the well CEO, probably. Uh, I think he's just like one of the scientists. I don't know. Like he, he's living pretty fucking large, man. Like, but he's, I don't know. He's, he still has to have like a security guard, like sign that thing out for him. Maybe it's like kind of a startup thing where he's a CEO and he's got a lot of stock or whatever, but it's still kind of like a, a small operation. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I didn't realize until this viewing that what they're basically doing here by putting Linda Hamilton in her like military tank top and pants and and hat and all that, like they're basically suggesting that she has become a Terminator here. Mm -hmm. Like she is cold and emotionless. Yeah. She's trying to be, she's, she's, you know, trying to shoot this guy with her like M16. When that doesn't work, she comes on in. She's just like blowing the whole place away. She's completely remorseless and cold and like unfeeling until she finally like realizes like, Oh shit, this guy's got a kid. Like maybe I feel kind of shitty about doing this. And then she kind of breaks down. Well, I think, I think it's in some of the language of the, uh, what a great father he would be speech. Like this thing, this machine, you know, she's like, she could just turn off all of her pain and like, be like him. I just also, I love the last line of that in an insane world. It was the sanest choice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I do think they're going for something here with this idea that she has kind of suppressed her humanity to the point where she could kill someone. This is kind of, you know, the killing Hitler as a child thing, basically. The same concept, right? Yeah. Even even though this guy isn't technically evil or anything, like what he's going to do will destroy the world. Um, but she can't do it, which I think is as close as this movie gets to like an ideology, you could say. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, lines where lines get drawn. Yeah, it's not okay to kill someone just because they might do something in the future that destroys humanity. Well, I mean, what are you fighting for if you're losing yourself in the fight? Um, yeah. Also, I should point out a little little John Connor here's chilling out in his public enemy uh, shirt as well. But yeah, so it's it's on the drive with John Connor and the Terminator, and Terminator's like, you know, pointing out killing Miles Tyson might save the future, and that's when John Connor's like, I don't care. Haven't you learned anything yet? Haven't you learned why you can't kill people? And this is when the Terminator has this kind of like shit-eating shrug on his face. Like, mm. That's what he's programmed to do, man. What are you expecting? Yeah. And well, then just the, yeah, maybe you don't care if you live or die. But we're not like that. We have feeling. We hurt. We're afraid. You got to learn this stuff. I'm not kidding. It's important. I kind of love this scene. So this is what I wonder is after the Terminator rips off his, his flesh here, the show is fucking terrifying into skeleton where yes. Miles Dyson's poor wife somehow does not faint. Um, does he just put it back on later? Because he's wearing a glove on his. He's left wearing hand. a glove. I don't know. So he just kind of got like put it back on and kind of like hold it down and be like, it will heal eventually. Do you have any duct tape? Um, it's also there's kind of a thing too where you have this wealthy African American family and you have this like fucking lunatic terrorizing them. It's it's a weird sequence to see. And just Sarah Connor like she's got the gun on the wife and like get the fuck back, bitch. It's like. Nah. Well, there's this bit where after Sarah's calmed down and they're they've they've shown that the Terminators exist, they're explaining yes. shit to him, and she then nuts. Sarah starts going off. And it's like you don't know what it's like to create life, to feel it growing inside you, and and John's just like, ah, oh, shit, god damn, come on, mom, like, what? oh my god, we're really going, we're doing that now, we're doing the motherhood thing, come on. How are you supposed to know? Men like you built a hydrogen bomb. Yeah. You don't want like to create something. And he's, he's like, Mom, take it down a notch. We need to be a little more constructive here, okay? 
<laughs> I love Sarah Connor in this movie. But I mean, Miles Dyson, like like you said, they've just dropped a, like, a nuclear bomb with their own of him because he's like, you're sitting here judging me for something I haven't even done. And all of his motives seemingly are, are all true. I mean, it's, like, so the- it's like if somebody came to us and told us the podcast you're doing is going to destroy humanity in the future. You well, we're stop. probably we're probably a bad example. Yeah, uh, like two good people. Yeah, your podcast is going to destroy the humanity. Wait, who are know? the good people? Well, probably not us, right? Yeah, I mean, we're sitting here talking about like, fucking purge rules, who we'd kill and what we'd steal from when we were kids. I really love the uh, the voiceovers. Oh, no, eat somebody, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. The voiceovers with just these like shots of the the highway. Like I love those shots, and she's just like the future always so permanent to me suddenly unclear you know whatever she's saying i don't know linda hilton doing fantastic work in this movie Dude, she's she's fucking mike hammer but so uh the question that gets posed by the wife of Miles dyson i think her name is Teresa. is the future changed now now that we know what we're doing we can make a different choice you know no fate but what we make and he's talking about like i'll flat out quit cyberdyne tomorrow you know but we found out there's still the CPU from the, the previous Terminator. We got to go take that out. Um, and they go to Cyberdyne. And I just fucking love the sequences. He like walks up of his like alt-right, like militia maniac friends. These are my like, friends. I oh, wanted hey, to show them around. Oh, hey, Carl. These are my friends from out of town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the guard is just like, bitch, please. You know the rules about visitors. So they pull guns on them. It's like, yeah, that fucking 6'5 oh. Austrian like hunk of man meat here this crazy looking woman and this little like sh- shitty me grin kid here yeah these are your friends sure but there's such like i don't to me i feel like there's like there's like this hinted at backstory to other characters that you don't tend to get in movies so the other guard comes looking for carl gibbons the security guard mm-hmm. and he's just like god damn it carl what did i tell you you just can't be going in the bathroom or whatever. Well, see that's the thing it's like it's just it's a tiny little bit it's like one line but it's just it's it makes all the difference this is what separates the skyscrapers from the terminators you know like he just he just suspects that carl is just constantly sneaking off to like go to the bathroom and of course this time he is tied to a urinal face down on the floor which is my nightmare <laughs> is it interesting do you want to be tied down to a men's room bathroom to the urinal? Well, okay, so he has duct tape over his mouth. So at the very least, he's not getting anything coming in that way. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sidearms and trip. Miles' codes won't work. They're going to blow this fucker up. But don't worry, John Connor can hack shit with his ATM hacking thing. Yeah, the ATM hacking thing. I just want to go it. out right now, hack an ATM, and like go to a fucking arcade. Do they even have arcades anymore? Probably not. Maybe at mall, probably or like, like Vegas old, or something. Yeah. Old, like it's like off in the corner, like the the fucking squeeze in has that little tiny thing in the corner yeah. there. But uh, yeah, I just there's little great moments where like Miles is like, oh my codes won't work on this door, and Terminator's like, let me try mine. <laughs> he blows up this door. Got the fucking grenade launcher. It's awesome. Hey, let me ask you: when uh, back in the day, when it was time to go play some video games, where'd you go? Where was your go-to place? I didn't do it as much as you did. I didn't do that much, but you didn't do it at all, or um, I would. It would end up like typically for me, it would be um, like if we went to like uh, round table or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hut. It's, yeah, it smells like a fucking pizza place that had like yeah, three yeah. video games. I mean, I very rarely found myself like at the mall where you actually had what I would call, as we know it, an arcade, like a dedicated arcade. No, it's too far away. Well, and also. 
the people who worked at the arcade were always super sketch. Yeah. I like, can just... who wants to do that? Ooh, where, where, where did you fail out in life that that's where you're working? I can just remember the kind of cultural shift that happened. It was like me and my buddies went to our local, like, it was like a weird, like, it was maybe a Pizza Hut or like it had like, it was like a weird local chain or something. But they had mm-hmm. like, they had the arcade, like three arcade games, right? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's go play Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because we always played, you know, when we scrounged together like a dollar to go play. But mm-hmm. like one day there's a Street Fighter 2 machine there and I'm playing my Ninja Turtles and my two buddies are like, they start playing the Street Fighter game. I'm like, what are you guys doing over there? Come over playing Ninja Turtles. And Did you like, feel betrayed? I, I was a little like, oh, what's going on over there? What, this is the new thing now? You guys are, you, you're not going to play turn, uh, Turtle Turtles or final fight you're gonna play street fighter now but yeah suddenly that was the thing so so cultural changes i believe how you worded it uh-huh. you were you were just like oh shit like new new zeitgeist hmm, yeah okay then i learned how to play as chun Li and just fucking infuriated everyone okay i love that uh i want to say the stupid detail i remember is that uh when guile beat you didn't he say like go home and be a family man <laughs> Uh, so I kept wondering, even as a kid, what is Miles' wife doing during all of this? Like moving to Mexico? I don't even know. I mean, because oh, she's, would, she's not would, there. Because uh, like the Terminator rolls in later and like sees like that they burned all the files. And I'm I, like, I remember when I was watching this, I was like, oh shit! I think I hope his wife and kids got out of there. Well, like I, I feel like he'd murder them just out of spite. Well, I kept wondering, like, if I watch this really closely, am I going to see like, uh, like a bloody arm in a corner yeah. of the scene or something? But like, I would have loved the scene where like Sarah Connor like takes uh, Teresa aside and is just like gives her like the pep talk, like, here's where you're going to go. You're going to you're going to go this place. You're going to ask for Enrique. You know, you, the kids are going to be fine for a while. It's going to be hard. They're going to cry. Whatever. You know, like I would love like Enrique little- is just like again. God damn it! I thought I I thought I paid my marker, but no, you know, God fuck. What? Fine, whatever. You want a but gun? Just, you want a fucking AK? I can give you that. Yeah, but just like the the, I would love to see like the pep talk she gives somebody who's about to start on the same. Journey. I don't know if she's really giving a pep talk. I don't know if she's in a pep talk mood right now. <laughs> Listen, let me impart some wisdom upon the yeah. Um, and I, also, I was like, as we're getting into this movie too, I was like, when the T one thousand shows up at the the Dyson home, I was like, I haven't seen this guy in a while now. Oh shit, oh, yeah. this is about to get serious. I like that the Terminator is just like you know that it's just a bad idea to go to Miles Dyson or whatever. You know, like the T one thousand may think to reacquire you there, which he does. Yeah. Oh, these two guys clearly get each other. Like they know what the other's going to do. They know what's what's likely with them. Um, so I like I like, like, like carrying in like shit. the fucking floppy disks and shit to like burn. Yes, well, like look at the size of those fuckers too. I know. Um, but yeah, I love how Miles is just like totally getting in on helping them. Um, you have C four. He's, he's been fucking his- shot in the shoulder right now, and yeah, he's just yeah. all in on this. I love it. They have they they have C four. They're also still taking the time to like just take an axe to things before they blow it up. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, outside, a fucking armada of cops has shown up. Oh, yeah. The fucking the cops show up, the well, SWAT team shows up, a fucking helicopter shows up. This is the thing in like Grand Theft Auto where it's like the uh, five blinking stars. Uh, yeah, they <laughs> definitely have five blinking stars right now. Well, and, you know, because this is the 90s, we see this helicopter here. Yeah, that's a real helicopter. That's yeah. no bullshit. 
Yeah. So Connor, like John Connor's finally hacking the thing. He comes running out when he sees them. He's like, hey, the cops are here. And Sarah Connor's like, how many? He's like, all of them, I think. On the Terminator, it's just like, I will take care of this. And he has his fucking Zed minigun. And he blasts everyone up with Wait, he's like, trust me. <laughs> I just Somehow, like, no casualties. Discourage them. There's, I'm going to discourage them, yeah. There's no ricochets. There's no shrapnel. Sure, yeah. And this is when we get after this hot spray of ammunition across this whole like like parking lot. <laughs> he just gets a casualty count. 0.0. Casualty. He's so fucking casual about it. You know, the way he's just like kind of sweeping the gun back and forth. Yeah, yeah I mean, this this is, this is peak Arnold here. He's he's holding a fucking uh what what is the ter- proper terminology for these? Is things? it a rail gun? No, it's not a rail gun. It's a Gatling gun. That's right. He's holding a fucking Gatling gun. Okay. Okay. And he just starts firing his uh crazy grenade launcher and putting more grenades into it every time to fire it. That thing's so fucking cool. Human casualties zero point zero. Oh my god! There's like a whole, there's whole articles on, like uh, the guns of Terminator Two. Oh, I'll bet yeah. I mean, they they definitely like they go through the smorgasbord here. There's like I want to say the cops have like SMGs for some reason. Like I don't know why cops would have submachine guns, but sure. It's the GE M134 minigun. Yeah. Also, um, uh, fucking ASAC Schrader here, Dean Norris. He's in this scene. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's one of the SWAT team guys. I just love that there's like this one shot where they're like, hey, Miles, don't forget about that detonator. And he's like, it's that like medium shot where it's like the mm-hmm. shot of doom where you know this person's going to die because of the way their frame's in the shot. And he's like, mm-hmm. oh, sure, I'll just pick this up right now. Oh, no, I'm in slow motion. And he takes like fucking 20 shots of the gut here. It's great. Is this the one? I do remember this now. There was something where, because of the recoil of that gun, and even like the the fake version of it, like Arnold, like they said that Arnold could have potentially like broken his hand using it. Probably the said minigun. I don't imagine. Yeah, I don't think humans were designed to hold a Gatling guns. No, I mean that's like the gun you install on like a uh, fucking A10. But yeah, then the SWAT team shows up and just fucking butchers Miles Dyson here. I feel bad for this dude. Well, yeah, he takes he takes a bullet and he's like he's got the remote for the uh, C4 and just it's so hardcore and sad. Just this <laughs> well, just I don't know, like that that is the shit that sticks with you when you watch this movie and you're like ten years old or twelve years old or whatever. It's like a it's like it's like it's something that could have been in like Saving Private Ryan. Just like yeah. the the one human who dies. I don't know how I can hold this much longer. Yeah. Yeah, that's the Norris there who's like, oh shit, everyone out of here. Oh, did we uh did we skip over when uh Miles and John get the arm? Oh yeah, when he just smashes it on the ground. You okay. gotta be careful with that smash. <laughs> yeah. And this is this is the they got skyed by the balls now, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Terminator has to like lead Sarah and John out, either by just like bursting through walls or blowing holes in walls or whatever. Well, um, he takes a lot of damage here. He does a whole like slow, you know, like walking towards all the uh, bullets, like blowing them away here. Like this is where his face gets pretty messed up. As he uh, just go walks in through all the hail of bolts and like shoots everyone in the kneecaps, he starts 
He starts shooting people with the uh, tear gas canister gun. I love that. Oh, yeah. He like, starts hitting the one guy in the chest because he's run out of bullets. And he hits the other guy in the back as he's running away. And we actually hear this dude ADR say, God, it hurts. I mean, I get it's like zero casualties. He's just a fucking paraplegic. You know? It's so gratuitously violent. But yeah, just, I like the way he just takes the masks off some people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just the just, restraint to not have him making his usual Arnold quips here because, you know, they wanted to. I don't think you can because by having these guys alive with like fucked up knees and like just the moaning and pain, how do you get that cavalier? Like, I mean, I guess yeah. only a robot character could do it, but I love whatever. the bit where the T 1000 like drives his fucking motorcycle through the window and like launches at the helicopter and grabs onto it. And he like yes. morphs into the seat. Like it's, it's like weird body horseshit, you know? And it's just like, get out and the helicopter pilot's just like yep i'm fucking out of here i hope i yeah. survive you know? <laughs> it might be a 30 foot air. drop but i'm good maybe i break my legs honestly i'll take the fall <laughs> on that scene always interested me because it's like this terminator isn't committed to just like pure murder like his his objective is such that like he doesn't give a shit about this guy you live you die i don't care just get the fuck out you know well, yes and no. I think the other thing about that guy is he, at this point in his time in the, the 20th century, he doesn't have time to savor killing this guy. Well, and it also cuts to this overhead shot where it kind of seems like you see some cops like running to the like aid of this dude who just jumped out of the helicopter. You know? mm. uh, I love the way this movie shot. It's amazing. And that is a real fucking helicopter. There is a shot here in this like insane gunfight between like it's like the t-1000 has like a submachine gun in this helicopter and he's firing at this like swat van that sarah connor's like defended by like putting up a bunch of like bulletproof vests and there's a shot where this helicopter goes under an overpass mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure that like i don't know if it's in the commentary or what but it's like someone is like hey how'd you do that shot james cameron it's like Oh, we flew a fucking helicopter under an overpass. That's how we did the shot, mm. which is amazing. Like you just you can't fake shit like that. It it obviously no. I'm going to give an example of a movie that did fake shit like that. But like I feel like I the closest I've seen to a movie kind of trying to tackle unrelenting action on this level was probably The Matrix. And ten ten or so years later, did, like did they do a shot like that though? No, 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 no. But just, just to commit itself to these action sequences that just keep going and have some detail in them. Clearly not the same level of detail. And there's this whole weird reality around them. But um, yeah, I love the guy. He's just like, you got it. And he jumps out. Oh, there's another bystander count here. Yeah. Um, you get the, like the dude, like, what's the name of his company? I love the detail of this guy's company. It's like a gardening company or something. He's mm-hmm. got like this weird kind of like wooden facade on the back of his pickup truck. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck is that? That's so interesting. Yeah, the guy that they uh, they steal the truck from when he gets hit by the other truck. Yeah, then the other dude who uh, unfortunately has the uh, bad luck of encountering the T one thousand. Hey man, are you okay? Ooh, knife in the fucking gut. He's dead. Yeah. I like how the Terminator like will take on new uniforms but keep the same face. 
Mm-hmm. And the the T eight thousand here, a T eight hundred. He's pretty fucked up right now. His face is pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get worse, but yeah, some of those bullets he took to the face, so they're the the robot underneath is starting to show. On well, the the matter uh, of factness that he has as he like tells John Connor to drive, as he like just gets out of this truck and climbs into the back of the cab to like blow this guy away with his uh M sixteen here or whatever. Oh, because Sarah's been shot at this point too. Yeah. Um so we get the thing where they they he crashes the semi. They're like inside this like uh, like metal or the steel. It's factory. like a foundry, yeah. You see some of the people who were like you know fortunately run the fuck off. Um, and you get the thing with the liquid nitrogen and like the feet breaking as he just keeps going through. And the Terminator gets his like hasta la vista baby. He shoots him and like shatters him to tons of it's pieces. Fucking badass. Well, in the other movie, this would have been the end. Yeah. But, but no, nope. <laughs> molten steel's heating up the liquid nitrogen slowly. The T one thousand liquid droplets are merging and melting back together. He's getting kind of his humanoid form again. He looks like the fucking Silver Surfer at a point. So the three heroes like take off to hide in the factory. On well, the way, it just like slowly rises. Just like this, like silver form is like rising out of the goop there, and they're like, "Oh shit, let's run." Well, I love the the little details of he's like he's glitchy for a while. So like Robert Patrick does his yeah. power walk for them. He grabs a caution I, bar, like the like spin around that, his hand gets stuck. I think that's extended cut. That's fine too. Oh. I'll accept that. Oh, it's it's fun stuff. It doesn't fully go anywhere, but like when he pulls his hand I, back from this caution bar, and I think like it just shows that yellow. he's not entirely in control of himself anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or his feet will start like like melding or copying the metal floor he walks on. Um. Yeah, so Terminator, like, he sends the Connors off to face, so he can face the T-1000 alone. And there's a point where, like, the uh, Robert Patrick comes at him from the side, and I just really want Arnold to be like, clever girl. I really like the bit where they're going to, uh, to uh, Arnold and Sarah and John are going a certain direction, and she's just like, no, 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 too hot. Like, like the idea that they would just kind of feel and sense that, like, oh, no, we can't go this way. Alvaro's like yeah. that. Um, oh, because they're human, yeah. There's a, yeah. these two great moments, too. This beautiful shot of uh, T-1000 gets thrown against the wall, like face first into it. And, and then he just, he just more so he's now like turning back around. And then you get Arnold and he punches, he finally punches the T-1000 in the face and his hand gets like stuck in the liquid for a moment. Well, and there's also like a Chekhov's like last grenade launcher moment where like yeah. it takes him a while to find that last grenade. And then like he's interrupted before he can load it. And later he finally loads it but he can't fire it because he's attacked from the side and that gun goes flying. Like, and then eventually he's going to find that gun later. Yeah. Well, we start getting stuff where this is the moment where he's, he's caught her. He's like stabbed her once of his like little, like, like finger blades. Call like, John. Her. Yeah. And, then, and again, I was like, well, can he not do it right now? Or is he just doesn't want to be like, may look like an asshole and trick like the dog thing earlier. I think it's joint saver. Yeah. So Arnold shows up from behind, whacks him with a pole, splits him in two. Um, I've always liked the bit where, um, where he's like torn apart and still kind of like, like a creature from the thing. Well, I mean, two things. Number one, the way Sarah Connor, like they established the way she has to load that shotgun is mm-hmm. like there's like the setup where it doesn't work and she gets captured. And then later when she fi- she's finally able to load it. And then also when she fucking like shoots a hole right through the uh, T-1000's face and can see through it, goddamn, that's gonna yeah. that's a nice effect there. And all, oh, also one other thing, there is like a weird sound effect they do. This like kind of like inhuman 
screaming, like kind of like when Robert Shaw gets bitten in half in Jaws. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a really weird kind of inhuman high pitched screaming that happens whenever the T one thousand takes like really intense damage, like he's like cut in half or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like when he when Arnold like hits him with that weird iron bar and he like splits in half, he starts kind of making that noise. He makes it later too when the uh, grenade launcher goes off inside him. It, it it feels like a really like inhuman remixing of a Wilhelm scream. Yeah, yeah, it probably um, is. So, yeah, so we hear we hear like John hears like his mom calling him. He goes investigate. He sees her like staggering in pain. And then he sees like another of his mom coming up behind the first mom. And I forgot about this. I was like, oh, fuck. This movie is brilliant to oh, yeah. do this moment. Because like, we haven't had one of these like, which one of us is. Yeah, they, they saved it until now. Brilliantly. And he sees that the first Sarah's feet are like melding with the gate, the you know graded walkway. And so she does her one handed shotgun pump like a badass and like keeps blasting into him and so he, he almost falls off the gameplay so she runs out of shells and this is when you get the classic like mm-hmm. tisk no 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 finger mm-hmm. from him and like you said Chekhov's grenade launcher I mean after this movie I can never see Robert Patrick as a non-villain like when he's like showing up in the X-Files I'm just like nah weird. you're evil yeah huge fault of that show not to make him a villain too I, I mm-hmm. think or true blood yeah Oh, was he like Alcide's dad? Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever. Did he die eventually? I can't even remember. Whatever. I, of all the the little subgroups of True Blood that we went into to like spend some time with and get their politics and their inner workings, I really couldn't fuck a care give a fuck about like the pack mentality or whatever. Honestly, I can't believe True Blood even existed. It's weird to think that that was a show that happened. And it was a huge, huge show. hit. Yeah, really, yeah. like. It caught so much buzz from the first season and just rode off that high for the next like seven seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the, the explosion, he makes a super creepy screaming noise and falls into the molten lava or, oh, you know, molten steel, my, whatever. My number 14 top moment, just the morphing back and forth between all the people he's pretended to be. And it kind of makes sense that he'd be constantly trying to switch to new identities to save himself somehow. Yeah. Yeah, then you get all these like quicksilver faces of agony until he like dissipates in this like hot lava shit or whatever. Um, and then you get the most out of nowhere laugh of the movie where Arnold pulls himself up and he's like, "I need a vacation." That's like the one line that's like, "Yeah, that's that's playing to the fucking back row there." Like you probably didn't need to put that line in, but it's a crowd pleaser. <laughs> it's so weird just because it's out of nowhere. And then you know about two thousand, is he dead? Terminated. <laughs> terminated i cannot self-terminate uh that's a shame buddy i know now why you cry but that is something that i can never do yeah yeah so john tries ordering him not not to go well it's interesting because uh he's able to ignore the order he's somehow achieved self-actualization here where he doesn't have to follow orders he's doing this on his own Mm mm-hmm yeah, and Sarah and the Terminator shake hands. Yeah, and then he gets a fucking thumbs up like a true American hero as he goes into the lava mm-hmm. or steel, whatever. <laughs> I love this movie. And then, so in the normal theatrical version, it then cuts to like uh, kind of another shot of that highway at night. And it's just mm-hmm. like the future. So long, I didn't know what it was. 
or I knew what it was, but now I don't know. You know, whatever the monologue she gives at the end, that's what you got, I assume, right? Yeah. Okay, so my version, the extended, extended cut, cuts to, like, a bright sunshine pan down to fucking, like, 2029, like, non-apocalyptic day or whatever. Like, it's all weird and futuristic, and, like, Sarah Connor has, like, I want to say she has, like, fucking, like, a little, like, a dread Padawan ponytail, and there's John Connor in, like, a sweater, like, you know, with the, the granddaughter or whatever. Like, you're just like, where's Guinan? Like, where are the fucking next generation going to walk up? Like, that's the vibe of this scene. They're, like, in D.C., but it's, like, like Starfleet Earth. Yeah, DC. it's oh, fucking shit, I'm weird. I'm looking on YouTube right now. It looks like season one, like, next generation. It totally does. It totally looks like next generation. It, it's, got like, the weird old makeup on Linda Hamilton here. It is terrible god damn this scene is awful like the, Ooh, yeah. the original indie is so much better she she doesn't look like someone's like an old person as like somebody who might have gotten burned a long time ago yeah oh wow this is this is like happy future john connor with his like daughter on the swings mm-hmm. yeah this is just all bad here it's all terrible oh she looks bad like star trek next it's generation just it's like, like mary kate olsen is encounter a, a, a at far point here yeah oh shit this seriously looks like Mary Kate Olsen, or Ashley Mary Kate. <laughs> yeah, and that's how the the extended extended cut ends. That's terrible. That should just be like burned from the archives and never exists again. But otherwise, fantastic movie. Well, I mean, I I kind of like his just like fuck it, no sequels. We're done. <laughs> All right. Well, make one change. Ah, oh, fuck. What would you even change about this? Um. I would change all the movies that followed it. So I have one, just like a relatively minor thing. There's one scene. It's just after they've rescued Sarah Connor from the mental hospital. The Terminator's driving, and there's like a rear projection effect as he's driving. It just looks bad. It looks really bad. It it stands out from the rest of the movie. It's like, ooh, like it's 1960 suddenly. Like, what the fuck? Like, what happened to your effects team? Uh, I just I feel like you could clean that up. Otherwise, I'm good. I mean, I would think like you could probably throw some money together, like when you when you do like a like a 4K re-release or whatever, and and maybe just kind of put some some faces on those uh those stunt drivers that one sequence. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like you leave that alone. Just leave it as is. Because it's like it's so just blatantly <laughs> not Arnold Schwarzenegger or Edward Furlong. All right, well, let's do some power rankings. Who do you got for number 10? Number 10, I wanted to put him lower. I wanted to put a lot of people lower, but I got Dr. Silberman. Oh. Fair enough. I probably have uh, the guy rated higher than I should. He's got a, he, he really mugs with the camera at one point because after like she's, you know, he's in his mind shattered her ruse. And like he turns to the camera and he's just like model citizen, huh? <laughs> That's probably why I'm rated higher. Yeah, I have Enrique at number 10. Oh, wow. Okay. Enrique, I I think that guy probably had to like change locations after uh, Sarah Connor rolled up, right? Like just to be on the safe side. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine, I just have explosions. Oh, I feel like they could be ranked higher. This movie is full of glorious explosions. Yes, it is. So let's see. Number nine, I have Tim. Tim is the friend. The mullet, okay. redhead mullet guy. 
I mean, uh, it's a good bro there. He's like Johnny on the spot with the uh, quick deflection there. Mm-hmm. Well, he seemingly gives a shit about like John's history, though. I kind of wonder, like, presumably they haven't been friends for too long. Probably not. I mean, it seems like he's been with his step parents for no longer than a year or two. I would guess. I mean, again, I have to remind myself. Although, when you're a kid, John that's like Connor an eternity, is, you know. True. I have to remind myself. John Connor is ten. Yeah, <laughs> he's done a lot of living that he remembers of his mom. So, yeah. Uh, number eight, I didn't really want to bunch them together, but I kind of had to. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I switched them out last minute. I'm sorry. Now, my number eight is actually Enrique. Enrique Salcida. I All just, right. I, I again, I love. It. There's this weird backstory that we know is there with these two. They're clearly fond of each other. And oh, by the way, Enrique, you got to move again. Just because I showed up. <laughs> yeah, number what? Is it? Number eight. I had Janelle and Todd, the fucking step parents. Yep. Oh, yeah. what a classic duo! There, both dead. Yeah, Your my step parents seven. are dead. <laughs> the fucking brutality of that line. Yeah, my number seven is Janelle and Todd. So I didn't want to bunch them together because I had to, but. uh even before that phone call, what does he say? He's just like, yeah, they're kind of assholes, but I should call Janelle and Todd. Just in case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had Dr. Silberman at number seven. Uh, he's a bastard, but I guess I enjoyed his like cigarette falling out of his mouth as he finally witnesses like the actual Terminators, you know? Yeah. Uh, number six, I've got Teresa Dyson. Okay, yeah, she didn't rank for me. That's fine. You know, I have, I have her number six. Hmm. The, uh, I don't know if these guys had names. I just call them the good Samaritans who try to come Jim to Rats. John Connor's aid and almost get fucking shot in the head for their troubles. <laughs> Love those guys. Hey, no, no, no. Hold on a second. Fuck you, you little dipshit. Love that guy. God damn. Well, I just love that you have this whole tragic love story of theirs. That's, uh, you know, these two guys just trying to explain. That live their lives in the fucking 1990s LA. I'll just uh, the fashion and everything. Like I just feel like there's like so much suggested about who these people might be. You don't get any of it, but you have like a sense of it in your mind as you watch it. You know. But it's interesting too because you have these these bodybuilder guys, you know, in a movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You yeah. know, <laughs> like he knows this culture. Um, he's probably said something very offensive about. Well, just the, it. just um, the fact that like these two guys would be like. Hey man, that like big giant dudes like messing with that little kid. Let's go fuck him up. Like, there's just something fascinating about that mentality. You know, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're a couple bodybuilders. We can go take this guy." Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, of course. I didn't want him to have him this low. It feels like it's lower than it should be. But number five is Miles Dyson. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, I have John Connor at number five. It's just no shade to John. His voice mm-hmm. is cracking throughout the movie. I think I read somewhere in the uh, IMDb trivia that they had to like pitch shift his voice like one semitone down at some point because he was getting older and his mm. voice was changing. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a role that you could have hated, right? Yeah. And you somehow don't. Like he's he's not like just super, he's not like unrealistically badass, but he's not annoying at the same time. Yeah. Well, you got number four. Uh, number four, I have John Connor, actually. All right. Like I said, the 
there's a point there where I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this and I'm just going to fucking hate Edward Furlong and it's just going to be me shitting on him. And at a certain point, I, I came around and I was like, you know, he's he's doing strong work as this annoying kid and it's very believable to his age and stuff. And then I, I sort of think it's what the fucking tragedy of his life afterwards. But whatever. Hmm. Well, number four, I have Miles Dyson number four. Man, the, the tragedy of Miles Dyson in this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like his like his weird like panicked like breasts as he's dying and about to fucking explode that thing that that's like one of those things when you watch this when you're like 11 years old that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's an episode of the X Files like in the the John Doggett seasons oh. where uh, Joe Morton shows up really weird prison Groundhog Day thing. Does he also it's explode? Kind of, no, there's, it's kind of a fascinating premise where it's like he wakes up one morning and he's been in I, I can't remember he's been in jail for a week for a crime he doesn't think he committed and he's about to be uh he's about to be like knifed to death by somebody and then it's like each day he wakes up the day before leading up to the event that he's been arrested for hmm. you know which he doesn't remember doing it's it's kind of an interesting premise that kind of just it's so clumsy than this later x-files thing yeah uh so number three i have the T-1000. I mean... Same. Great. Great villain. Exactly perfect for what he needs to be. He's got that level of just cool, menacing, utterly fucking watchable. Oh, he's scary. Slick. He's scary in exactly the opposite way that the original Terminator was. He's this force of nature, but he's not, he's not someone who's big and strong and powerful. He's kind of like fast and clever and brutal, you know, and, and kind of like, uh, ruthless, you know, like it's, yeah, he just like seems deadlier cut yeah. you at, for no compunction at all. Yeah. He's, he's a great villain. Yeah. Uh, two, I have Sarah Connor. Uh, mm. this is a fucking tour de force for, for Linda Hamilton. Uh, she's so good in this. And, all of these Terminator movies after this one have been so bad, and I don't expect this new one to be good. But it's like, why did it take you this long to like dump a truckload of money in Linda Hamilton's door and bring her back? And I don't even seen like some of the set photos. She looks good for her age. She looks yeah. real good. I mean, I'm cautiously optimistic. Gabriel Luna as a Terminator. I don't know about that, but sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I really went back and forth on my number two and number one, but ultimately. Mm-hmm. I said to put the T-800 at number two, the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay. Um, fantastic character. Arnold's best work. An interesting character development. It's very subtle. It's not. It's very understated. It's not like the point of the movie or anything, but kind of the way he develops slowly as uh, he learns and adapts. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's a very pleasing character, I think mm-hmm. you'd say. Which is exactly why he ends up as my uh, my number one. Uh, as great as Linda Hamilton is, I just really appreciate. There's, it's such a weird role because he's playing this supposedly like like lifeless robot with no humanity, and you know, in those sequences, he just fucking commands the screen. This was when this is when Arnold fucking owned. You know, he was on a whole other you know planet Hollywood. You know, pun intended. Oh yeah, it's top of his game. It's top of his game, and it's like it just it just shows. So, 
you know, it, like I said, it's kind of a toss up. I mean, really, there's definitely a, a, a you know an alternate universe where Sarah Connor is absolutely my number one. But in this particular case, in this rewatch, I had to go with Arnold. Yeah, I was re- I really went back and forth. I had Arnold number one for a while, and then I switched to Sarah Connor, who I have number one now. Just mostly, I feel like she has a little bit more of an arc to play, a little mm. bit more range, um, and it just from comparing her character in Terminator One to this. It's pretty incredible. It's like they said we're gonna out rip out Ripley, uh, Ripley from Alien, and they mm-hmm. did it. Basically, mm-hmm. they're just like boom, call her shot and hit it. Like her character is incredible in this. She she's a force of nature. She's insane. She's weird. She's crazy. You, she's got like she's a mom all the same. You know, and kind of embarrassing in the way moms are. Um, everything about her is great. It, it's kind of crazy that they haven't really. I mean, Amelia Clark as Sarah Connor was just like, it was Amelia Clark as female character in a movie, basically. You know, just nowhere mm-hmm. near what you got from this movie. It was bad writing. I mean, well, she's also like, she's 84 Sarah Connor, if I recall correctly, who then got like pulled forward in the future. And so she had no, she had no stakes in things, really. If I recall mm-hmm. correctly, uh, that, that was a terrible movie. Jai Courtney is Kyle Reese. Get the fuck out of here. Did uh, we see that together? Maybe. It was bad. It was like, uh, oh, there's John Connor, but he like, he made, a, he made an alliance with the Terminators and become a weird hybrid. That What a terrible yeah. movie. Should we do our like Terminator rankings? Uh, for the movies? Sure. Uh, yeah, number one, T2. Yeah. Starting at like. I don't know, number 4,000, the other movies. Um, I mean, I do kind of enjoy T3. It's not very good, but at least it has some good action sequences. And I like that, like, the the, the Holocaust happens at the end of the movie, the nuclear Holocaust. That's kind of appealing. Uh, I don't mind. It's... It, it's so lesser than this one. I, I think the movie's fine. If it wasn't T2, if T2 didn't exist, that would have been a much better movie or a much different movie. Um, I, I don't mind the kind of setup of how they show him, like like greeting the, the, the early members of the resistance there or whatever you want to call them. Um, and I guess I felt like that movie that felt, has, it felt like it was somehow still in the same DNA of the original two, whereas the ones yeah. afterwards felt, felt completely different. Well, it just sucked because I want to say that it was like, oh, Sarah Connor's around because she had leukemia. Also, because Linda Hamilton wasn't coming back for this piece of shit. Yeah, she died somehow. She also, held, she held out until 1997, and then she died. Fuck that. Not a huge fan of him in general, but Nick Stahl's, you know, like better than. <laughs> Remember, Nick Stahl was like the next big thing. Yeah, that didn't pan yeah, out. Did not pan out. It's like, oh, he's in the Thin Red Line. He's in disturbing behavior. He's in the new Terminator movie. This guy's the shit. No, no, we're absolutely doing uh, deserving behavior at some point. Oh Jesus, what a fucking disaster movie that is! Oh, but is God. there like a director's cut for that? Did that ever come out? I think it's a David Nutter movie too, right? I don't know, but yeah, like uh, God, I had such high hopes for that. Like based on the trailer, mm-hmm. the '90s, I was like, I want this to be fucking amazing. It looks badass. Um, Freaks, so chic. Razor. Uh, Razor. <laughs> But like T three has the utterly bonkers deleted scene where you see where they modeled the Arnold. Um, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Well, the what's his name? Is it like Sergeant Candy or whatever? It was this like weird hick accent. Yeah. Yeah. Hey y'all. Mm. 
What a weird joke. I mean, I guess I would probably do T2, T1, T3, T5, T4. T4, Terminator Salvation is a just an abomination of film. That movie's awful. Mm. Um, Terminator 5, I, I, man, like, you've got Jai Courtney. That's a demerit. You've got, like, John Connor as, like, a hybrid Terminator. That's another demerit. It's just, like, it's just kneecapping, like, both knees of the movie before it even gets going, you know? I mean, I don't think Amelia Clark's bad in the movie per se. She just like, what does she have to work with, you know? Mm. Not much at all. I I don't remember how it ended. I know like John Connor shows up again I and he's like in a suit fucking like Doctor Who shows up as like the personification of Skynet or something. Yeah, he's like a new kind of Terminator who might be like part of like a Skynet hive mind or something. Yeah. No, thank yeah. you, man. I don't know. The, the The genius of the Terminator movies is not like the weird lore or whatever. It's just like there's a robot who wants to kill this person. Can you stop them? Like that's all you need. You don't need to get into like well, in the future, blah, blah, blah happened, and John Connor's really hybrid Terminator because he got his, like, heart transplanted from another hybrid. Like, you don't need any of that. You just, it's like, there's somebody who's trying to kill someone else. Can you stop them from being killed? That's all you need. That's a good setup for a movie. How long ago do you think that movie was, too? A T5? Yeah. That was, like, 2015, I think, summer 2015. Yeah, I, I feel like that was, I feel like it was much longer. That's uh, Alan Taylor. It's an Alan yeah, Taylor joint. Yeah. I feel like I would have thought this would like happen a lot longer. To me, this movie, I know it's the same production company. It feels like um not the same production. It's one of the production companies that did it. But like it feels like it's like, ooh, let's try to do our version of what Abrams did with the Star Trek movies. Like, let's get back into our own timeline and, and mix it up a little bit. And it it's It also bad. felt like there were probably like a ton of rewrites while they were shooting. But I mean, it was like, it oh, you cast been, Doctor Who, and then you didn't know what to do with them. Yeah, if it had just been a fucking remake, that would have been that would have been something. But like, <laughs> just the whole like, let's go back into our own timeline and change shit. Mm-hmm. Terminator has gray hair now. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to go watch the last few episodes of uh, Sir Connor, Connor Chronicles. I never watched the finale of that show for some reason, even though. It was all I really wanted to see, which is like, will John Connor bang his Terminator protector? That's all I was interested in the entire time. For some reason, I watched it. It's like I'm holding out and just saving it like a cupcake I'll eat later. Can I say one thing about it? Mm -hmm. At some point, he is inside of her. Okay. I'm not saying it's in the way you think, though. That's still sexual, and I can dig that. Yeah, it's it's great. I never saw the first scenes of that show, but I kind of like... I was like, oh, I think I was waiting for something to come on, and I ended up watching an episode early in season two of that show, and then I think I ended up watching like, the next one. And then before I know it, I was like, I think I'm watching this show. Like, I think I'm tuning in for the show where, like, fucking Shirley Manson plays a Terminator. The entire dramatic tension of that entire show is will John Connor fuck his Terminator? And I'm here yeah. for that. Well, it's like, it's funny, and you look back on it, you completely forget, like, Cersei Lannister is Sarah Connor. Fucking Cersei's in it, yeah. I mean, it's a decent show. It uh, kind of gets a little off the rails at one point when, like, John Connor has this weird girlfriend who, like, she turns out to, like, be some sort of secret agent. Or I don't even know. I think she dies. I can't remember. Maybe she lives. 
whatever. Oh, and then Brian Austin Green shows up. Brian Austin Green shows up. I remember like reading the IO9 recaps of that where they're like they were fucking in love with like uh that Della Hunt dude who's like the Terminator. Oh, I can't. That, and I was yeah, just like Della Hunt. Yeah, I, can't I was like, him. I don't understand why you're so obsessed with this guy. He's pretty boring. Yeah. Man, I fucking IO9. Anyway, that was the Terminator. Would you recommend this movie? Terminator 2. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. This is 90s action movies at their finest, I think. I don't I don't know if there's any 90s action movie that can top this. I mean, if you're going to go back to the 80s, maybe you'd say Predator, but like this is just the pinnacle of 90s action. Mm. It's it it's like highbrow compared to everything else. I mean, it's it's fucking James Cameron. Like James Cameron he does a lot of schlock, but he's like very talented at what he does. Like he's He's someone who considers every angle and every shot, you know, and like puts a lot of thought in everything he does, even though he's just making genre movies, mm-hmm. which I feel like, I don't know who are, who are the action movie directors now who are kind of like picking up this mantle. Like, I feel like Michael Bay probably has a technical skill to do this, but he's so hostile to his audience that he never would. Well, and he's, he's very married to a certain kind of weird style too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's definitely like I would say Michael Bay. I think we had this debate before. Michael Bay is absolutely a better director than like Zack Snyder, right? Yeah, he's just like I just remember watching Pain and Gain and like coming to this epiphany that like Michael Bay hates his audience with an absolute passion. That guy fucking hates the people who like his movies. I I I never saw it, but I would have thought that that was pretty much cemented in uh, Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Um, just the, the content by which he wants you to cheer as America gets bombed. I mean, you got the uh, the John Wick guys, and then you have like I don't know, like Catherine Bigelow would like never do a movie with The Rock. Like she just wouldn't. She's not interested. Well, in it. she doesn't do necessarily the same kind of movies. Like, but you know she what I mean? could. Like, she could. If she wanted to. I feel like, but she just doesn't. I think she she moved away. From she's that. she's more interested in I don't know word. I don't know, intelligent movies, I guess you'd say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know that anybody has picked up the Cameron baton and and moves the way he does. I don't think we found. That well, they don't. Part. They don't make movies like that anymore. Like most of the action movies now are kind of like CG extravaganzas, which isn't the same as making a movie like this. You know, yeah. I mean, James Mangold certainly knows what he's doing, but like that guy could like go make like walk the line two next for all we know you know mm-hmm. oh it is potentially a boba fett movie yeah no thank you um yeah i don't know anyway moving on to next week and what we're going to be watching speaking of stars who uh know how to work with good directors hey mm-hmm. the rock maybe take some notes here tom cruise mission impossible ghost protocol i wouldn't be shocked if tom cruise appeared in like a fast and furious 10 i really wouldn't i feel like it might be slumming well i i I guess it'll depend you know obviously with the critical acclaim but like how well uh fallout does because he's had a couple clunkers in the last few years so i I wouldn't be shocked if he slums a little bit what are are his recent movies well like the mummy 
Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, that was like just like made didn't make that much money. It did fine though. I, I think it, but its budget wasn't that big. I mean, also Donald Gleason is just God. That guy's kicking up in that movie. Um, that's my boy. Yeah. But Tom Cruise, I, I think The Mummy was his, like, okay, fine, I'll be in your stupid expanded universe movie. Just pay me shitloads of money. Oh, no, it didn't work out. That's fine. I got paid. Like, I think he comes away from that fairly unscathed. I think I think Russell Crowe is probably worse off for that than anyone else. <laughs> Fucking Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Jekyll. Hyde, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the Mission Impossible movies are just, they're incredibly solid. Like, they're excellent action movies. Mm-hmm. We're about to do Ghost Protocol, which is just a really, really good action movie. Mm-hmm. And just kind of like a clinic on like how to write an action movie and the, the way it's paced so and whatnot. Kind of, kind of taking up the mantle of like the first Star Wars movie mm-hmm. um, and how to propel your characters forward. Or Indiana you know. Jones, yeah. Yeah. You know, basically how to fail upwards or fail forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Ghost Protocol is, I don't know. Apparently, I, I it's interesting because it, it could be a long podcast too. Apparently, Fallout is getting great reviews. So I've, yep. I've, I'm hyped for that movie. I'm hyped for what's his face being maybe a villain, uh, Superman there. He certainly seems like that's how they're playing him, right? I like how he has to like, he does like a weird thing where he's like loading up his fists to fight. He's gonna, yes. Like, Punch them a little bathroom fight, yes. Yeah. Also, also the mustache. I feel like I feel like we've been waiting to see the mustache. This was uh, he could have cut the mustache for uh, Justice League, but he was like, nah. No, he couldn't. Contractually, he couldn't cut the mustache. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it what, wasn't. What's it wasn't harder to CGI on a mustache or CGI off a mustache? But no, this was Paramount just being like, "Fuck you, yeah. we're not letting him cut it." I mean, they was it was yeah, they absolutely would have been easier to CGI it on, mm-hmm. but they're just like, "No, I love we're it. not going to work with you. We're trolling you so hard." Absolutely love it. Fuck yourself, <laughs> Warner Brothers. So yeah, uh, you know, Ghost Protocol. Looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Well, I'm just like, hey, The Rock. See if he can seek out the good directors. I don't know if they'd work with him at this point because he seems like he's not interested in quality. But uh, that's my career advice for The Rock. Just like go to the best actor, action directors and be, just be like, make me good movies. Make make it yeah. so I don't have to make another skyscraper. Although at the same time, I hope Niff Campbell makes more movies. Yeah. Oh boy, that movie. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible watching experience. It was just a junk movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who plays the cop, I like. I want that guy to be in a lot of things. He was fun. Oh, the inspector. That is the the non. Um, what is that dude's name? I'm so he's one of the, he's one of the shady financial guys in Big Short. No, 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 he's, um, ah, what is that guy's name? Joel Kinnaman. He's non-Joel Kinnaman in Altered Carbon. He's like the original, whatever that dude's name is, who becomes Joel Kinnaman. I do not believe that is the case. I'm pretty sure it is. We're talking about the Inspector guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, look it up, man. Go ahead and do your IMDb. And look up Skyscraper. Mm-hmm. 
We're talking about the inspector, like the main, like the lead cop, right? Yeah. Inspector. Oh, is he the Ochi Kovacs? Okay. Inspector Wu. Yeah. I'm sorry. Byron I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about second Kovacs before you get the Joel Kinnaman. Who's second Kovacs? Because there's three Kovacs. There's You're talking the Kovacs. about the, the dude from Wolverine, right? Isn't that the second? There's like Young Kovacs as the guy from Wolverine. It's like it's like Will Hunley, I think, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Hunley is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I'm sorry. That dude also. Both of these dudes deserve to be in worse shit than fucking Joel Kinnaman. Oh, for sure. But yeah, like you can see this great photo of him from Big Short. He's just this smarmy guy who like is at the Vegas convention with uh, Steve Carell. Mm. Um, There's a great bit. I mean, obviously, we've spoiled how stupid Skyscraper is. So this inspector guy, he mostly has scenes with like Nev Campbell where him and his partner are just like watching news coverage of what's going on. It's a whole lot of I'm a cop, but I'm watching the news and I'm taking advice from this random civilian. Yeah. Because this this white woman can also speak Chinese, so she's cool. Uh-huh. And then at the end, when like the family's been reunited, he's just like, "Sup, Rock? Good job." And the Rock turns. It's to him. nice to like, finally meet you. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, who the fuck are you? Yeah, the fuck are you, man? <laughs> man, I've had kind of a bad day. Do you mind? I hate the fucking Eagles. Yeah. Oh man, if only that movie had a sense of humor. Anyway, next week. Ghost Protocol, a fucking incredible movie. Just strap yourself in. It's, that movie's a, a clinic in action writing. Mm. Until then, have a good one. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.